welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 68. John, how are you doing tonight? Wow, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing tonight? Uh, still kind of recovering from 4th of July and all the good food and uh, sleeping all day after that. <laughs> Dude, I'm still sore from the 4th of July because I had like two days of cleaning the house. And then that same night all the fireworks and then even after the fireworks then it was sweeping like the streets and doing all that stuff and the next morning i'm like stiff like a real old man i'm like fuck and you said you guys go out uh, all the way out on the fireworks and stuff too so yeah we kept it light i had 72 shells this year the five inch like mortars and i only set off 24 because we had so much other stuff that was going on and everybody was having so much fun i only let them off every now and then just because and everybody usually comes over and watches and this year we had some neighbors come over and bring fireworks over for us to set off and it was fun nice today we are covering gcw versus new south part two from the singing river brewing company in florence alabama and this was an entertaining show it was a good way to end the weekend i think it was a I like how they did the kept track of the wins and losses and the company versus company. I've always liked that. But um, this one kind of felt like it was more like a laid back kind of show. Was it as competitive as kind of we would have liked, I think, or at least I would have liked. Uh, I like to see these ones get a little competitive. It gets the crowd energized and then you can feel it through uh, Fight TV Plus. But this was a good one. I, I enjoyed it. And seeing the names that we saw all weekend was a good way. Good kind of a uh, last time we see them maybe for the South and um Seeing all the familiar names was nice to see one last time. All right. So the show opens. Emil yells, I'm in a brewery. Emil got them chicken legs out in shorts. I love him, bro. (laughs) Uh, You can tell it's a chill environment there. Unique. I'm liking the bar lighting that they have at the brewery. Uh, They need to replace a couple of those light bulbs, though. But that's one of those places that makes me want to drink. It also makes me miss Tony Deppin because he has his own uh, brewery and pub out there. So just breaking news in the last couple hours, Deppin just got a timetable on his return and we're looking at about a month. So ah, that's a pretty we're looking good at turnaround. The 6th today, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So let's just say the 6th of August. It may very well be for a mere. Very well may be before that L.A. show. Yeah. And I don't think we've. What he broke it then? Let's see. I think his match against Tony Deppin was uh, April, May, May 11th. So that's a pretty quick turnaround for a broken arm. Yes. Two months. That's crazy. Yes, it is. Wow. Yeah, that's that's good I though. Just, it's fantastic. I even put a little retweet on there. I'm like, get over to his merch site. Try to support the guy. He's got one month of bills left, then he's back on his feet, and it's rock and roll time again. So we're looking forward to getting our asshole back. And I, I about say. Yeah, I was just about to say, we're missing our asshole. It's uh, not the same. I don't see people covering their hats whenever Tony comes out. I want to see hats flying when he comes back. It would be nice, too, if everyone just like gave him his hat and let him throw it all over the place. <laughs> okay, I have an idea. You ready? I think what would be cool is if people brought hats, and then when he comes back, everybody throws them in the ring. That would be cool instead of streamers, like a hat trick. They all throw the hats in at him. That would be actually, that's a better idea. I like that. Just a little devotion, you know? Just I definitely like it. So uh, New South also brings out their announcer. This is the GM Dolph Zander. He hypes up the crowd. As he's hyping up the crowd, we hear that bell gong. 
out comes Nick Gage. He goes around the ring. He picks up a kid, puts him down, slaps five with another kid. Then he enters the ring. He says, Florence, where's my gang at? And the crowd popped like crazy. Xander goes ahead. He grabs the microphone. He's like, where's my gang at? And the crowd freaking pops for him, too. Gage is like, Gage isn't going to be upstaged by anyone. And I think that pop that Xander had was a little larger. So he goes, Florence fucking Alabama, where's my fucking gang at? Again, crowd goes nuts this time. The Dolph gets up and he goes, fucking goddammit shit, where's my gang at? (laughs) And so, and you could tell they were both having a good time. Gage even looked over at, uh, at Xander there and kind of give him just a little smile. So these guys were really having a lot of fun. And this opening set the tone for, you know, an easygoing, relaxing kind of night in the back of a brewery somewhere. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was hoping you said something there for a minute because I have to take a drink of water there. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, I like how too, like when they have usually these shows, they have the dual uh, announcers. Uh, ring announcers, they'll have like the local ring announcer kind of announce the new South Talent while MLD does uh, GCW stuff. So I do like seeing uh, that aspect as well um, with that. But it's cool, like seeing that, uh, Dolph come out because then you get to see like, hey, there's the breadth of New South. And it was kind of nice seeing the fix- uh, a face to the company and to who's the booker and stuff like that. Because I have what I didn't even know, like who owned New South or what. So that, to me, that I got to learn of Dolph Sander and, uh, now I know who runs New South that I did not know before. And if I were to put a first impression on me, on him from my perspective, he just seemed like a really lovable, nice, charismatic kind of guy. And that I, I can see now why the fans get behind him. He's one of those guys, I think, as long as he gives the fans what they want in the ring, he's someone I think people should get behind. But overall, I think he, he just seems like a really nice guy. It'd be somebody I'd want to play games with. <laughs> I don't know. That's the best way to look at it. So, all right, let's uh, rock and roll into this first match here. Uh, okay, before I do it, sorry, I thought of something Good. interesting. Sorry. Um, I was listening to Cornette, of course, because I'm the devil. I'm the heel here. And I found out that if it wasn't for Matt Bourne slash uh-huh, see, there, oh, slow on doing yourself now. You're enjoying. Uh, so if it wasn't for him fucking up how he did when he did throughout his career, there would have never been demolition. What do you mean? Well, okay, okay, okay. Let me make sure I have this right. Was it demolition or oh, the Road Warriors? Now I feel like shit. I think it was the Road Warriors. So uh, so there was some fuckery that went on. I can't remember how it all went down that Cornette was mentioning. And um, he was saying that there was going to be some type of booking that went on and then Bourne fucked up somehow. And because of that, they put somebody in with somebody and it ended up working really well and it stayed that way. Are you talking about Doink the Clown, Matt? Yeah, Matt Bourne. He was oh, that's in another company. Yeah, it says Matt Osborne. I don't know who's Matt Bourne, the one of the demolition. No, Matt Bourne is doing the clown. Okay, so Matt. Okay, Osborne. Okay. Oh, how, so he oh, messed Os- up. It shows up as Osborne. Yeah, it says Matt Osborne. I typed in Matt Bourne, and that's what popped up, and that's why I was like, "Oh, I see the Osborne now." Okay, yeah. So doing messed real up. Name? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So Matt. Okay, so you're saying he messed up 
Demolition? Doink did? The clown? No, he fucked up somewhere in I don't remember what company. This is just a loose thing I was listening to. I don't remember what company. I don't remember what he did. But if he didn't fuck up exactly like he did, we would have never had that tag team. Oh, the Hall okay, of Fame gotcha. tag team. Wow. That's one of my favorite tag teams. I've always loved Demolition and Axe and Smash. Then oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it is the Road Warriors. It is. So the was the Road Warriors. Warriors. Okay. Yeah. So sorry about that. I feel dumb after I said, like, <laughs> "Oh man, wrong ones." Interesting. I had no idea. I have to go back and listen to that now. Figure out. Um, if I can, I'll try to find you a timestamp. Okay. All right. Our GCW versus New South Two opening match is Jack Cartwheel versus Brogan Finley. Now, Jack Cartwheel is representing GCW. Brogan Finley, based off of the show that happened the night before, is back on Team South and totally against GCW. And I like this match because it played off of uh, the whole incident that happened the night before with Brogan kind of turning his back on the GCW crowd. And that kind of, I thought, was a good lead-up into this matchup. And I like that that was the opening matchup because it kind of set the tone for how the rest of GCW versus New South would turn out. So Cartwheel opening the show just feels right. He's electric. He was already spamming the taunt button with multiple cartwheels before he even got into the ring. And then Brogan comes out. I was laughing at the girl who was running the camera for the show because you could see her really getting into the music at one point. And I always love when people get into the music. Brogan was back on the New South team after screwing over Team GCW the night before. I'm actually waiting for some retribution for that. And the one thing that I really noticed about him, I had in my notes here, is that when he gets in that ring, he looks so damn tall. And I know you see it, too. Yeah, he. Uh, I was actually just looking at him when he said the tall point, and like, I don't know if that's just Jack Short, but Brogan does. Like, I don't know if it's maybe who we've seen him in the ring against, uh, but he did look a little bit taller than normal. And uh, when we go over the backyard show, like, almost unrecognizable as uh, I forgot what his character was when he went against Pizza Cat Junior. But uh, it was interesting. I was like, oh, that's Brogan Finley underneath there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and um. I really do find it surprising that he's just surfing the Indies and he's not maybe in the NXT system. Sounds like funny. he's not using like his dad's like, or it's his dad, right? Or is it grandfather? Uh, Brogan Finley. Uh, ooh, that's now a good I'm question. And I'm going to have to figure that out. But uh, yeah, it sounds like he's not like using that name. Like he's kind of building his own uh, character and building his own, uh, his own, like not style, but own brand of wrestler. So I kind of, I could always respect that because you're not like, like kind of like the Rock's daughter. She's not using anything that goes off of like the Rock. She's kind of creating her own, being her own person. And I, I absolutely respect that. I'm, I'm kind of glad to see Rogan being his own person instead of kind of, as you said, she could have took the easy way and used a lot, a, um, a lot of the Finley name to kind of let him uh, get to places and uh, get bigger bookings at other companies. So, yeah, he's taking an interesting path. I have someone else that also takes an interesting path. Gary Morton. You know, that's one that by name alone, if he wanted to, he could be in the NXT system. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I don't like how he's kind of going the complete opposite, though. Like, he's still got kind of got the look, but he's going the full heel route instead of, like, the lovable, uh, lovable Morton. He's, he's like, going to bet. Oh, I'm the one that everyone's going to hate. I'm not going to be uh, like my dad no more. Yeah, I just... I was wondering how much his dad is telling him now, son, you know what? You can be successful out here. Stay independent. I wonder if that's what was said. So, Could be. I, don't, I don't know. And, and um, wow, this is a fun one. 
What would Terry Funk do if he had a kid? Would he tell him to go for the money or would he tell them to go for the, the love? Another interesting. You see the picture of uh, of his birthday? Yeah. I, he looked totally unrecognizable. You know what? Yeah, the aging system, you know, the aging process is rough. I, I yeah. thought it was cool that he still did the fist up thing, like, you know, ready to fight. I'll give him that much. So he still looks healthy. Like he looks actually kind of like healthy by just the age, like totally different. Uh, <laughs> looked different with the age there. Yeah. You know, a lot of these guys, too, you know, they, they stop working out. They stop with the protein intake, so on and so forth that we normally see them. And then that sh- that size comes down and we're like, damn, that's who you are. <laughs> yeah you know what i mean though right yeah like his frame he's probably well above where he you know should have been when he was younger and doing stuff even at ecw i mean his body was taking a fucking beating and then he stops wrestling and you know if you're hurting that bad why the hell go to the gym yeah he probably was learning how to eat better and maybe stretch yeah that's like the football players too like when you see like the big linemen they they have to eat and keep that 300 pound frame. But then as soon as they're out of the NFL, they drop like that hundred pounds and they're in a more normal looking, uh, body frame. All right. Well, okay. So I'm going to get into something here. That's obvious because we're all super fans and that's just how this works. Um, I don't know what it was, but it sounded like the wind kept picking up in a microphone somewhere, possibly the vent fans that are ringside. I thought maybe a commentary member was breathing into their mic. That was not the case, but it carried throughout the show. And like, you know, I always listen with headphones on. So in my ears, the whole time was this light wind. And I I don't know what it was, but yeah. Can you hear it? I didn't notice it if I did. Like, I'm the same way. I got the headphones on, but like, depending on what time of night it is, like, I didn't have it full blast. If it was super late, which I think this one I did watch super late because it was on a Sunday. I had yeah. like the sound, like probably I'm halfway through, but I didn't notice uh, the breathing. So as expected, both started out very quick, you know, young wrestler style. They were also fighting outside the ring, inside the ring, all over the place. And I was just wondering, just just a good idea, just a good idea, because I think it would be kind of easy to travel with. I'm wondering if GCW has ever thought about traveling with banners so they can decorate wherever they go. I like that idea. idea too. I like that when they first introduced the ring skirt, I was like, oh, like, remember, we were so happy to see a ring skirt that had the GCW logo on it. Yeah, banners, like, uh, that's what I think say, kind of saved TOS from looking completely just bland and boring was the banners mm-hmm. at least in the background. But even if it's just like the show logo, I don't like, yeah, like, you know, kind of like how they do like the artwork for each show, like just some some sort of like, hey, the logo in with the artwork on it, I think it would actually add a lot more to some of these streams, as you said. Like, I really like how they at least do that during the big video packages. I think that helps the production level on that end. No, agree 100% on that. Um, yeah, I remember now that you kind of say it, we were like, man, we're we're really out there asking for something like a ring ring skirt. <laughs> <You know? We're laughs> right? Like, Damn, we don't know if we're ever get. Or they'd only bring the ring skirt out like on big events, you know? Yeah. It's like the oh, yeah. good tablecloth. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is uh we got tomorrow or whenever we do the the backyard show like it seems like they used a brand new mat like clean never touch ring mat and then they wrestled in like the mud and just totally destroyed it with the ring mat ended up by the end <laughs> and like in commentary made a comment too and then I noticed I'm like yeah that shit was like look brand new and clean why would you do that when you see all these wrestlers in the mud like 
I thought that was just pretty funny when they decided to use the new mats. Okay, so what surprised me was that the New South commentary has never heard or seen Jack Cartwheel. Did you even really? see that? Uh-uh. Yeah, dude, if you're commentary, you got to do your homework on these things, especially if you're calling the match. What I did like about him being blind about this whole situation was that he his excitement was genuine. Yep, an and, authentic and reaction. Absolutely. So, you know, this match, again, seven minutes long. Brogan was in control for the first half of the match. Jack took the second half of the match. The ending here was Jack with the huge corkscrew from the top turnbuckle for the win. So our winner here was Jack Cartwheel. And if it isn't going to be a scramble, then I would say anything with Jack Cartwheel is a great opening match. Yep. It used to feel like Jordan was like the opening match every single show as well. And now it's kind of, you see, like, as you said, Jack Cartwheel, we can kind of see taking that mantle. And uh, he, uh, he always puts on exciting performances. And like I said, he's been just getting better and better these last few months. And it's just nice to see him being trusted to go, hey, set the tone for the how this car is going to look and have a great opening match. And I thought this was a pretty good one with uh, Brogan Finley. And just so everyone knows, it's GCW one to nothing. I do like that part. I wish they had like a little ticker or something like that. But at least they, on commentary, they didn't constantly mention it, which I enjoyed to keep track of who wins and who's losing, uh, who's losing in that promotion versus promotion. I'm still a big fan of having that uh, timer up there so people like me can make it a little easier on his notes. Yeah, that's one thing I did really enjoy that VXS used to have was like, you just have like, I just, the one that always stuck out was like doctor and then shit. <laughs> There's doctor redactor versus Rob <laughs> shit with the timer right there in the middle. Uh, I thought that was always funny, but it, it does like, as you said, it could help you out. But I think as fans in general, like you just look up and holy shit, this has been a 20 minute match or 15 minute. Like you get to see like how the pacing of the match kind of goes in kind of get uh, anticipating what's going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, if let's say if it's a longer match, then you're really just sitting on the edge of your seat for however long it takes to finish the match. I do like the timer. Yeah, you know, and, and again, I'm just being I'm just being selfish. We wouldn't have to, but I do like it. It makes it feel more like a contest, like a sporting event. I don't know. And I was waiting for the uh, the, the cartwheel counter too. all the talk about. It. I, I won't be surprised when that pops up for like a random show coming up here soon. No shit. I was thinking about keeping one in my notes. but then i realized it was going to be one more thing i'd have to like keep in my notes which i'm like damn because because i know at some point me being me i would miss one and be like i gotta go back and count them again i could see it happening in la now that i'm thinking about it i wouldn't be surprised if it pops up in la that'd be pretty funny what's that a counter yeah, I don't know. It's just something tells me like in LA is something they they might just do that just for fun. They do all kinds of things in LA. For yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, our second matchup of the evening, representing Team GCW, is Ratty Daddy Cole Radrick going against New South Tyler Franks. This was a okay match. I I enjoyed everything Cole did. Tyler kind of, I don't know, has it? He hasn't kind of grown on me. I haven't seen enough on him to kind of get a full complete thought and opinion on him. But I think just didn't see too much of it in this match on his end, but Cole Radrick, uh, of course, with his, the way he's been interacting with the fans throughout these matches, I think kind of helped save it in my end on that, this part. Cause Cole's just so like, he, you could tell he's gotten comfortable too as a wrestler. And that's why he's able to talk and a little bit, have a little bit more fun in the ring. instead of staying 
so serious, but I think that's what helped him out in this match of uh, kind of keeping myself watching at home and the crowd involved. So one thing I will mention about this match was that Cole Radrick was filling in for Starboy Charlie earlier that weekend in I don't know which show. He ended up injuring his knee. So I felt that was really fair to let people know it was just kind of a it happened. So thank you to Cole Radrick for jumping in at the last minute and putting something together. Yes. So our man Tyler Franks here, the last time we saw him, he had a battle with Jordan Oliver. And I believe your boy won last time. So yeah, both men. Must... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk no, I was about that. Time. I don't remember that match. No, I think it was on the first New South. Check me out real quick on that one. Okay, like last year or whatever, earlier this year when they had it. Yeah, I think it was around January. Yep, Jordan won. Still. Yep. Okay, there we go. So both men start with a collar and elbow tie-up, and they roll around on the ropes almost all the way around the ring. Tyler then pie-faces Cole. He's being a very, very mean guy. I don't honestly think Tyler Franks is the kind of guy we can trust. I just, I see it. He seems like one of those kind of heels. I do like the rotating GCW New South graphic on the bottom right of the screen. I'm guessing you agree with me too, huh, man? Yep, that's a little presentation thing. I just like the little logo spinning back and forth. I guess that's a New South thing, but I'm hoping that GCW copies off their homework on that one. Maybe GC or GPW can copy and get a graphic for that one. I don't know. I just, I just think it's something that would be a nice addition. You know, it's funny. We're always asking for stuff. But we've gotten 90% of what we're asking for. And we keep getting littler. Like, we ask for, like, the most littlest of things. Like, hey, there's a little logo on the bottom that flips and rotates. Oh, there it goes. Boom, it pops up and we got it. Yeah, and I think it was just a point where I wanted to stop and be like, we're so happy and so thankful with everything kind of running the way we were hoping to see this company grow and get their shit together in ways that, it's little here, little there, and, and growth takes time. And we've been here to see so much growth in this past year with GCW. It's just been amazing. So um, something nice that I heard I had in my notes here that I did like the commentary said, thank everyone for tuning in. And if they can to watch them, I thought that was really nice of them. Fans were kind of quiet. That was not the wrestler's fault. I don't know what was going on there. They could have just still been coming in. It was only match two. That does happen. There was a spot with Tyler. He had an awesome rack bomb. There were ratty daddy fans who wanted Cole back in this match. He basically rallied at the very last few minutes. Cole hits, of course, little Sebastian's curse for the win. Our winner was Cole Radrick. I'm not going to lie to me. This was a standard match. That's the best way I can put it. Not spectacular, not horrible. Really, when it comes to the wrestling and what was going on, it was standard. It would be the kind of match that if you said, Cole, go out there and wrestle <laughs> a standard match. I, I, <laughs> I, I know it sucks to have a better word, but that's, that's the best way to call it. Also, I'll go ahead and put this in there too. GCW is now up two to nothing over New South. Yeah, and I totally forgot that you said that Cole was a replacement when I I when you said that I totally I didn't I caught it on the stream. I just forgot to write that in my notes. That could also explain why like this match was kind of thrown together. Yes. And they didn't have much time to get it ready. But I do want to see more of Tyler Franks. He's got the look, he's got like the facial reaction. It just seems like he would do a move and then like take the like 
10 seconds away and like flex to the crowd and then go back like i wish he could just kind of find out the timing of when to play to the crowd and kind of stay on uh stay on the offense and i think he'll get that as he keeps continuing to grow but overall i thought that's this is an okay match uh being thrown together at the last minute yeah i think they were both trying to dance with one leg because they just didn't have time to sit down and put together each other's legs for the dance so for what they did it was an average match between the both of them so you know nobody fucked up nobody did anything bad and i think people were entertained and i also think people were still kind of coming into the uh, to the venue so yeah it's kind of like a more old school like y'all stayed in the ring not, nothing like no crazy high spots and diving outside the ring and stuff like that but i think that's what made it feel like a little di- little bit different in our eyes uh, kind of watching it. it didn't feel like a typical gcw uh holy shit every two minutes <laughs> type of match no it was a 1980s wwe television match yeah would be i think I, the best way to put it mcmahon would be proud yeah absolutely i i agree 100 there i was thinking like right before you said tv match i was thinking yeah it kind of like was a standard tv match don't go crazy <laughs> but nope that was perfect uh perfect wording by you all right our third matchup of the evening representing team new south is hunter drake going against gcw's alec price this was one i've been kind of waiting for all weekend long seeing how they would interact with each other and seeing as i was saying last time i want to see hunter drake in more of these one-on-one matchups and perfect i think stylistic matchup for him is alec price and this one delivered i, I actually this out of all the matches i've seen with hunter drake this might have been the best singles one-on-one uh, performance I've seen with them. And like he felt super, like I don't know, to me it looked like he felt super comfortable being at home and being in the ring and given the space to fly around and, and the time to tell a story with Alec Price. And I thought it was a pretty good match for the third matchup of the evening. Okay, so Hunter was out first, and I'm going to double with you here too. Fans really like him down south. I... I don't know what it is, but he hits just right with people, and I'm not going to shit on that. Man works hard. He has fans. Hell yes. Alec was then out. The boos were huge. He's being disrespectful to the fans as he walks right by them. Fans are still like they don't know what to really do with him, and they just kind of stand there and let him walk around and be the asshole that he's you know portraying out there. I was also expecting a fair amount of speed between both of these guys. Not only are they young, but you can tell like with their physiques, they were made to be fast. And, you know, it's just, they're both, they're both at one time were probably string bean, you know, skinny kids. So as they grow, they're growing into, you know, their real bodies. (laughs) Alec uh, started with a bunch of trash talk. He says, LSU, baby commentary started laughing he was calling everyone fucking rednecks he was really doing his job there three minutes in and we got that high-paced affair that i was talking about and really looking forward to they used every bit of that ring i was unsure of the size but it was definitely a smaller ring you could tell that they were like two puppies in a you know in a cage that's too small and they just had a ton of energy and they just they just needed to run that shit Ooh, which is very interesting at one time. How weird would it be to have plexiglass instead of ropes? That's a weird one. <laughs> There's no way to do that. I was just thinking of the smears. Holy shit, the smears of blood would be so crazy. Another reason why it would be cool to go back to Japan, because those corners, they have those big like pads in yeah. there. You know, I see those huge smears of blood down it. I love that shit. Um, 
But speaking of the ring, good looking ring, no rust, no noise, no bent posts, uh, good looking pads and ring apron. Also, I just want to go ahead and give that up to New South that they spend good money to make sure their presentation is proper. Thank you. It really does close that gap between larger companies and smaller companies when you can put on something that looks as good as they did. So in this match, Price was in control about 70% of the time. Hunter would come back with offense in small spots. And his offense that he did have was good, uh, was really good stuff. There was a spot where he had a good-looking dragon suplex. And at the same time on defense, he took a ton of punishment. At one time towards the end, I honestly thought he was finished and Alec had him done. And Alec really did had him worked up and really fucking taken care of until the last 30 seconds of this match maybe even less and out of nowhere hunter hit a canadian destroyer right into a purple haze and that ended up equating into a three count so our winner here was hunter drake what do you think about this one uh i'm glad hunter got the win even though it is a giant surprise to me uh i don't know i just think alec is kind of uh way ahead of hunter drake at this point with the wrestling so the the win was a shock to me but i'm glad that hunter did get it because he absolutely deserves it being down south i i just wish it would have came against someone else other than alec price and it feels like i wrote in my notes here like alec seems like mad and he just seems mad when he's outside of jersey like every time he comes in he's like oh like even in la we notice like oh fuck i'm in la i'm not fucking back home back east (laughs) and stuff like that like he's mad when he's not out east and um I'm glad though he did. It was this match was kind of easy to stay as the heel and work as the heel and get the crowd against you. But um, going against Hunter Drake, I I do enjoy the these Alec prices. Not trying to fight the whole like I'm going to win everyone over. Even though he does it in the ring, he wins everyone over. But like he's not going to try to talk and get the crowd behind him. He's just going to let the wrestling do it while still being a complete heel and asshole to the New South fans. Um, I at least enjoyed seeing that. But I was shocked. Like feels like Alec has lost. A uh, couple times, like lately, ever since like the scrambles, he went on a couple scra- uh, win and scramble matches. But it seems like in one on one, he hasn't had a big win here. I'm looking it up real fast because I could be talking on my ass here. No, that's uh, fine. He, the, he did beat Teriyaki yeah, that that weekend too. But I guess in GCW, a big one on one victory. It's been a, been a little bit. I'm going back here. I uh, I was still really surprised he didn't go over Kevin Knight in LA. What a nice push for a GCW regular that comes on the show every week than to have a nice push from beating a fantastic NJPW star. Just yeah, thought. he hasn't had a win, a singles victory. Well, that's even a scramble. That's not even sing- singles. Yeah, just all scramble victories here. I don't know. I, I don't know. What if I, he's just one? That's what I was just about to say. That's one I don't understand why he's taking that. I was just about to say, I don't know why he's taking the losses unless <laughs> they're going to be working him in or start building it off here soon for something. And I, as always, just we'll sit here and wait, but just watch this match and going back and thinking about it. Uh, Hunter Drake was a big victory, but I'm glad he did get the victory. He definitely earned it this weekend and seeing how much he's improved since the last time we saw him in GCW earlier this year. I was happy that when we were in his home territory, he had good fans. I didn't know how to take him outside of his territory. I understand him a little better now since I've seen him in his territory. So. Yeah, I have I have a little bit of a better appreciation for Hunter Drake. Same thing. I will stick to what I said before. I know I'm a fat guy, but I would really love to see that kid 
get himself some some protein and hit the weights and get himself looking like a real polished wrestler because he has everything else that I think anyone in his uh, position should have plus a little. So I think just a couple more things in there, and I think he's really got it. The charisma's there also. Can't cannot deny that, in especially in his home territory. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like I don't didn't know I knew of Hunter Drake from last year, Fourth of July, but then seeing him pop up on GCW wrestling uh, these last uh, last shows here, and then the, earlier in the year, you've definitely seen how much he grew up. But as you said, how what makes him stand out compared to the other New South wrestlers with him and his fan base out there? Uh, we got to see a little bit more of it uh, this weekend too. But it's also like they were, he's probably one of the most popular ones out there. Like, I don't know exactly what their roster consists of, but like he got like one of the bigger pops of the whole weekend, I think with him and between him, Dylan and Kenzie, those were the three that kind of felt like they were spotlighted anyway. Uh, yeah, that's one yeah. like one of my big notes I got later on for the main event with Kenzie, but it's been like those were the kind of the three people they were really spotlight spotlighting all week, and I'm glad because those three are incredibly talented, and I think just with more time they're just going to keep on getting better and better, and it's going to be fun to watch them grow. Oh hell yeah! So I'm going to go ahead and kind of give just a little opinion on the ending. I am thinking that there's a possibility they may have gotten something from the ref saying, "Hey, it's time to wrap it up." Because that ending, by my opinion, was rushed. There were two moves, and it pretty much just got wrapped up. There really wasn't any psychology to it. Therefore, it lacked appropriate build that would have popped the crowd. But everything up until that small little you know, wrap-up to the end there was pretty damn good. And again, I'm just being picky because now I'm being a picky, picky fan. But <laughs> looking at it, even a kid would be like, there really wasn't the excitement that that kid could have had there. But again, I'll go ahead and announce that we are now GCW two, the new South one. And that will lead us into our fourth matchup of the evening, which is a eight person tag match as the team of new South being represented by Donnie primetime, Rolando Perez, stunt Marshall and Walker's the 13th. Going against, I almost totally butchered that name. I had to go slow. I saw, go the, X's. I saw the Roman numerals. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do some quick math in my head there. Like, That's fuck, why I'm a you PE not, teacher. Exactly. I was going to say, you did not think you'd have to do math like that tonight. I saw Walker. I was like, uh, 13. <laughs> I almost did say eight there for a minute. Uh, going against the team of GCW being represented by the one called Manders, Bobby Flacco, Jimmy Lloyd, and Jordan Oliver. Love the team of GCW there. And uh the team of New South was pretty good. Uh I this one went way longer than I expected. <laughs> uh it was a long match. Uh I know oh shit, I see it right there. Um it, no, it was a long, it was a long match, and I didn't expect it to be that long just because it was the eight-person tag match. I just expected kind of a quick train wreck of bodies flying everywhere just in a short right. period of time, not dragged out. But uh, I liked it. This was a good, fun match. Um, would have expected to see a little bit more fuckery here and there, and a little bit more brawling all over the place. But uh, other than that, I thought this was a good eight-person tag match. So we were on that same wavelength where you were talking about that almost 20-minute affair. Uh, what I wrote here was eight men, bodies everywhere. This was the longest match of the night, which also surprises me, not in a bad way, just surprising. 
I am somewhat familiar with Team New South, and I feel that's something I've earned because I watched the previous show and I was able to kind of let some of these folks' personas stick in my brain. So it was nice to see some of these folks come back again, sadly, but also happily, Donnie Primetime. <laughs> so it's <laughs> one of them, Rolando Perez. I believe we saw a stunt marshal last time, and Walker 13, we have not seen as far as I know. So there was a guy on commentary that came on and not going to lie. I would have remembered this name. His name was Smooth Pleasin. It's a white dude named Smooth Pleasin. That right there is my kind of guy. Flacco was on Team GCW. Also good to see. We had GCW uh, chants from the crowd. Also, this new South GCW team, or I'm sorry, this new South team kind of had me laughing. There was just so much going on that it made me put in my notes that I love local wrestling. Perez was a male dancer. Walker, I've never seen. Donnie is an ass and Stunt's hair game is on another level is what I put in here. But I can say that each performer was unique and distinct. Both teams were selling quite a bit of drama. They were also selling a lot of static within each team themselves. The tag rules were actually being followed for most of this match. The good guy, Donnie, was such a fucking mind bender because no one likes Donnie. That was an odd one. I think you saw that one with Donnie over there. Yeah, sorry, I was muted. I didn't understand. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, if we have to say... If I have to pick one person I think is probably the most hated person on their new style shows, just by watching what I've seen in GCW, I, my number one pick would be uh, Donnie Primetime. But, like, yeah, yeah. during this one, when they start cheering, I guess, like, thinking back at the, when it's promotion versus promotion, like, during FSW, I was cheering on some people that I probably uh, normally don't cheer for an uh, FSW when it was going against GCW there, just because of the matchup. I was like, ah, I kind of like that wrestler a little bit more, but I normally wouldn't cheer for them out at a normal fsw show so to me that was kind of like we've been booing them all week and now we're cheering for them. like now we're going to take the like ownership of our new south and this is going to be our promotion so i just felt like for me it's like hey the fans we're losing two to one it's our time and even though we don't want to count on you donnie we're going to count on you to get this back uh, to an even win loss record here with team gcw but that was kind of weird to me yeah it was just fucking weird i didn't know really how to take it um i was laughing he got that hair braided like a college freshman who just got back from a spring break trick to the bahamas or maybe even south (laughs) mexico i've i've seen it everywhere the fans like cheering hey hey with bobby flacco because he'd always do the hey 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 hey, perez did a lot of work for his team i'm gonna say good job we really did notice that he was out there working his fucking ass off the whole time Most of this match to me went by pretty quickly. And I'll also kind of mention it took until minute 15 for the rules to break down. So it went quickly and it was an inside the ring match for a good chunk of the time. I loved, if you look in the background, dude, check out Prezak. He's getting into every move and every moment that goes on. It's one of the the coolest things. Look back by commentary, just to the left sitting in a chair, you're going to see gray hair. That's Prezak back there. It is so cool. Every time something goes on, he's like, oh, ooh. I can't it's- see it. Yeah. I, I love watching like when they WWE puts like shit on Michael Cole. Like we're back when there was Moro Ronello. I loved it because he would just get so into it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't see this. I don't, now I'm going to have to pay t- attention to it because I never noticed that the commentary team was in the background. So uh, something I did want to mention here, because again, he was working his ass off. 
Perez had two crazy topes where his falls were just a touch rough. Another spot, Oliver jumps over the top rope and lands with double foot stomps on the outside of the floor. Like that was absolutely impressive. Minutes 15 to 19 was a completely different match. You need to watch that part, if any part of the match. So I'll go ahead then and shoot to the ending. Donnie's uh, fireman's carry on Flacco. Stunt picks up both men into a fireman's carry and then slammed them both down. Flacco was covered for three. I honestly can't explain that better than what it was. You really <laughs> do have to see it. Our winners here was, though, Team New South. And that makes our count GCW 2, New South 2. Yeah, I, uh, the tale of two matches is pretty perfect there. Because like I said, I was expecting it to be how it was the last part. I expected that to be the entire match of just shit everywhere and people and bodies going everywhere. But like, yeah, those last... Uh, <laughs> The last minutes were crazy. I'm just watching that spot. Perez is like the perfect person to toss around, like for Manders. Like Manders excels, like when he's in a, the ring against a Yo-Yo or someone like Rolando Perez. It just sh- shows off his strength, and it, I think it helps his character out a lot. And whenever I am able to watch a Manders kind of toss bodies around, I enjoy that a lot. I do want to see now Manders versus Shane Mercer, like just a body throwing contest. Like who could throw Yo-Yo the farthest? That should be like mm-hmm. a New Year's <laughs> New Year's uh game slash matchup we could throw yoya the farthest okay so we'll get yoya marco stunt perez yeah. we'll get uh, a couple others versus sam stackhouse 1v5 <laughs> i know it sounds stupid but it was funny at the same time because i could just see him just bowling ball people like like nothing it's just I- physics baby <laughs> But this was a good match. Like I said, I, the ending was what I expected the whole match to be, but uh, the ending was fun and chaotic, and I enjoyed this match. And able to see uh, Team New South pick up the victory over this team, GCW, was another shock to me, but I get it. Got to give Donnie primetime and Rolando Perez the victory. Like I said, I don't mind seeing the Team New South win, uh, the, those wrestlers, because I think they did a really good, uh, good job this weekend of uh, showing out and putting on good performances at all three shows. And uh, yeah, as you said, Team New South now evens up the score at two to two. I'll just double back on you real quick and uh, only say that I'm with you here. I'm happy those ones got the win also because they're the local favorites. Yep. They deserve to win, man. They're on home territory. If there's going to be anybody to defend, it's going to be the home favorites. Yeah, so far, I'm like, like I said, I was happy with all the victories that Team New South did pick up and the, the wrestlers that it did because I thought they uh, were well-deserved and earned throughout this whole weekend. That will lead us into our fifth matchup of the evening. A highly anticipated match in both of our books, I think. I know you've been asking for it, and yes, I have definitely agreed and been wanting to see this for a while. It is Team GCW's Effie going against New South Dylan McQueen. And I know we were kind of talking a little bit beforehand. You were expecting kind of one style match. I was expecting another style, but I do expect to see your style here uh, matchup. I it has to happen it's with those two it just has to happen that way but this one was more serious which is what i thought this one would be i thought this would be kind of the serious matchup and then maybe they would uh oh there they are they praise that in the back oh shit i'm yeah, blind kind of into it yeah holy shit like i'm every blind. move he's like ooh, ooh. you can see him bobbing his head or you know <laughs> i fucking love it he loves it yeah i always love i I love watching the wrestlers, referee, MLJ, and commentary team. Whenever they're enjoying it, it just makes it that much more enjoyable for the fans, I think. And at least that is uh, my opinion on that one. 
But yeah, this was a more serious matchup. I was kind of hoping it would be. I'd hope uh, I want to see the a serious Dylan McQueen kind of step up and have his dream matchup here with Effie and have it to be an actual wrestling clinic and not kind of something that falls into uh, a bunch of silliness and all the other stuff that usually comes around with some of the Effie's matches. But of course, as I said, like I don't, I, we always prefer to see real Effie, like the more serious Effie. We get that, but Effie does throw in his stuff, and I think he's so good at timing when to do the Effie stuff and when to be serious is always why I really enjoy Effie because he just has that timing down. And this match was good. I enjoy this. I do want to see this one ran back um, at one of Effie's big gay brunches and uh, see what that kind of turns into (laughs) in that show. Okay. So you were a hundred percent right. What I was expecting was the happy match. I wanted to see these two go at it. Um, I just, I wanted to feel good going in. I wanted to feel good during, and I wanted to feel good after the match. That's what I was expecting between these two. It didn't happen that way, (laughs) sadly. uh, Yeah, I got my dream shattered on this one. And that's sad too, because I have wanted this one a really long time. As for Dylan McQueen, he should be part of a tag or he should be in Bussy. Either he can be with Effie or he can be part of Bussy because we have Daddy. We have Allie's mommy. Dylan could be baby bear. If not Dylan, I want to put, uh, what did we say earlier? I wanted to put um, Harrow in as baby bear because I think that would just yeah. be an awesome name <laughs> for someone that fucking large, you know? <laughs> but something else I'll mention real quick. Dylan looks in great shape, better than I have ever seen. And I wanted to say that because he's just never looked that good. And I have to congratulate hard work because it's obvious he's been putting in some serious hard work there. So he comes out then with a mix of anger and just being focused. It was completely the opposite of what I expected and wanted. He is on a run for a championship. So I'm guessing it's because of that. And I have nothing against that. Honestly, it looks like he may win that championship because, again, he's getting his shit together. He's getting in better shape. Hell, I'd like to see him in GCW. I think he has quite a bit of personality that he could bring to a show as long as he doesn't double Effie. See, and that's the problem here. So we would almost have to pair these two together to make something. The other problem is here, I would not want to dilute the other. And I have a feeling this is maybe see, I I actually flip my own opinion here and there, but I can see why maybe they are kept separate could be because they are similar to a small degree. You know, they try to elicit in their performances, some of the same laughter towards some of the same things. I don't know. That's really something to think about. But yeah, I think both of them did an excellent job. I was just heartbroken. There wasn't as many happy moments because I'm a, a sucker for shit like that. Secondarily, you were talking about the fact that they should be or could be meeting up soon. Why not tonight? That could have been the start of a storyline. All they had to do was wrestle tonight and then talk shit until the next show. Online talk shit. Like just you know, just throw it out there on fucking Twitter and people will be like, oh, my God, what are you saying? Oh, he said this. I don't know. I think it'd be kind of awesome, though. I think based off the end, even though it wasn't like crazy, like ending, but based off of like the ending, I think it could lead to something. And I think it would be, be a good story to kind of lead it into um, 
a future matchup down the road, maybe. But I see, I'm like you, like I got like a smile on my face once I saw Dylan McQueen just come out and he had that serious look. I was like, I honestly was like, yes, rubbing my hand. This is going to be the matchup I wanted. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to have a bat, uh, a battle here and it's going to be serious. And I, I was like smiling when I saw that. I, I was, kinda, I had the total opposite, uh, well, expectations going into this match than you did. So speaking of the ending, also uh, also we can speak of the beginning there. On Dylan's entrance, he also goes to his knees and open his arms just like Effie during his name announcement. Found that kind of interesting too. And he's um, done that though. Like, I remember I think we did the similar we made a comment similar last time on yeah. one of the reviews we did of Dylan. Like, hey, like we see a lot of Effie there. And like it would have been cool if he never did it before and tell this one to kind of send the message of, hey, I'm getting in your head, but um yeah there's a lot of similarities between the two. Oh, oh i got a storyline for getting in the head i would put those two in a trish stratus mickey james scenario when mickey james was first entered into wwe where she was just completely like oh i gotta do this i gotta just like her and i'm completely over the moon for her and i think she's great and i gotta do everything just like her and that could make for a very interesting storyline between Dylan and Effie that could last for weeks. Yes. I, I, and I like, hope the check's in the mail on that one. <laughs> and you could even like perform or like play it out as like, hey, Dylan's trying to live up to expectations and Effie and trying to get Effie's approval as a tag partner to maybe get him to join Team Bussy or work as a team without Alley Catch and have him leave and Hey, come work with me. Like, here's where we really should be working together as a team and stuff like that. I, I definitely like that thought, although of uh... oh no no, it goes deeper, my friend. <laughs> but all three of them together as a tag team. Okay, the whole thing's going on. Maybe Ali and him are both being you know stretched, and Effie has to pick one of them, and he saves Ali. And at the end of the match, Dylan's like, fuck that. I thought Effie would have saved me. I thought he was the favorite. We have so much in common. We understand, you know, this and that. And then, you know, he's like, fuck that. And he fucking gets rejected then because maybe he lays into Allie and Effie finds out about it. Effie kicks old baby bear McQueen out of the group. And McQueen then, in his rage, starts to act like Effie because he wants Effie's attention back and he's going to do whatever it takes to get Effie's attention back. And Effie's going to have to come in and whoop Dylan's ass to get him back on track again. That's a fantastic storyline that would take forever. And I even explained the development. Give it, <laughs> give it, give it some drama, make him choose, make Effie choose between both people that are getting stretched in the ring. And you know, he just, he picked like Alan. Batman kind of, of thing. <laughs> ab- well, you know, it's just uh, Dylan goes crazy, and the minute he goes crazy, and when he finds out that Effie, you know, that he's not Effie's favorite, it could be a weird, twisted love story kind of weird shit. It could be so twisted, it could be fun. I'm just, yeah. I'm just putting that out there. There's a lot of stuff they could do, and I think with the announcement of Effie's Big Game Brunch uh, today um in chicago i think they could lead up to something like yeah we got time still i i wouldn't i could see something online going because like effie we know does post some stuff not really storyline online he does mostly promoting his podcast and his uh twitch channel but i haven't followed dylan mcqueen and i'm actually gonna hit that follow button now just so that way i could see if there is like some sort of lead up uh and into uh, effie's big yeah. gay brunch for a possible rematch not gonna lie dylan mcqueen is so fucking sweet like nice sweet absolutely the opposite of this worked up asshole guy so i'm just gonna kind of put that out there for a second 
so fucking sweet okay so back at it here <laughs> we haven't even gotten to effie's entrance so then effie was out he he didn't have his jacket on he kind of had it draped over his shoulders like a queen just let you know i'm hoping maybe effie or the fans caught that if it was on purpose but just kind of wondering if there's any uh any meaning behind that so they're kind of uh they're kind of mocking each other he didn't walk around the ring as usual. He went straight into the ring like there was business to be had. Very different than usual. Very awkward. I'm very thrown off because I love everything Effie does, including that entrance. So from that entrance alone, I knew this was different. The only thing that would have made it better would have been that Effie, as he was just meaning straight business and got in the ring, would have went straight to McQueen and rushed him and then the bell rang you know what i mean like a a, a, a hot start i start, yep so i just i thought that was interesting but yeah very very different yeah but just effie's demeanor was very serious i don't read his same face as usual and he has come out a lot different the last couple of times i don't know if that's on purpose or not but tonight he just got in you know he just got in the right ring and it was just very different not as much flair and i don't know i don't know again i had a i had an expectation in my head and that is not fair to effie and dylan mcqueen because they are not here to make me happy they're here to make everyone happy and i just now realized that so but at this point i was heartbroken <laughs> no lie both <laughs> versions of effie and dylan this is my notes both versions of deaf uh deffy effie and <laughs> I'm not seeing yet. I hope this doesn't fuck me up. Now it starts being Daffy. Neither of them appeared happy. So I'm kind of thinking this does develop into something. It feels like I've read the, the cover of a book front and back, and I have no idea what the chapters are about. That's how I feel like I am right now. And again, I'm really hoping for a storyline here. Effie throws up his hands and in return from the fans, he receives zaddy chance. Nowhere else would that happen. <laughs> You're laughing, but I mean, I mean, seriously, you and I both know where else would Effie throw up his hands uh, as a face and not get his cheers from the crowd? Whoa, that's maybe that's why Effie was playing more serious, kind of like how Alec Price, knowing that the crowd's going to be cheering for Hunter Drake. Maybe like this is where they adapt and kind of read the room and like, hey, Dylan, you're going to be cheered on. You're going to have to play the face. I'm going to have to try to go bad guy here. But like something we don't see Effie do. Well, yeah, I haven't seen it in the last two years, I think, of Effie kind of playing heel and going heelish, and um, maybe that's why Effie was kind of setting the tone that way, maybe. Yeah, it's just they were mocking each other. One or both may have thrown the other off their own games because, like Dylan was saying throughout the match, man, he's like, I know you. I know all your stuff. I've got you down to a science. And I loved how they played into that throughout the whole, like, this match. Like, hey, like, I read the book, like, you're kind of like my idol. Of course, I know all your moves and how to get out of it. I love when they're able to do that kind of storytelling in a match of being like one step ahead of each other. And it just plays into like, as you said, kind of like a mentor kind of uh, mm -hmm. friendship there. And so, of course, Dylan would know everything because he did. I enjoyed that aspect of this match a lot. So I'm just going to be fair about this. Effie went for the handshake. They shake. Dylan loudly proclaiming, like I just said, and I got him in my notes here. I'm in your head, baby. I know everything that you do. Effie then answered with an unexpected small package roll up that Dylan did, did not you see that see Dylan. <laughs> Fuck, no, 
So then Dylan grabbed Effie again and he escaped. Dylan was yelling, come on, Effie. He slaps his own chest and says, I'm right here. Don't worry about that. Like this was a student challenging the teacher is what it felt like. Now, I don't know if that's the scenario, but that's what it felt like. Um, Effie answered with a slap that completely reset the respect button on Dylan. It was strong and it was stiff. It was a beautiful chop. Dylan answers back with a very strong slap. The camera cut as the slap connected, but it looked more like cheek than it did that meaty neck. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where the slap on the neck. He looked like he cracked a little more of the cheek than the neck on the, his first shot. The second slap, they switched cameras, so I couldn't really tell, but it was pretty good one there. And, and it looks like they, you know, marked each other pretty red. But um, Effie slapped the neck the second time, but Dylan went for the cheek. Effie came back with a textbook chop on the meat of the chest. The sound echoed nicely. Dylan was then back with his own after that. So in this match, basically, Dylan's coming off as the younger upstart that wants to, he basically just wants to get away from Effie's shadow. He wants to be his own man. Again, also a storyline idea that I think would be fantastic, especially as Dylan is maturing into himself and his performances both of these men were selling a lot of drama dylan has something to prove and he needs to get through epi to do it he was just completely prepared there was a nice spot here where Effie goes for the nipples dylan scouted that too but then Effie bites dylan's nipples which was not expected another spot where dylan's getting stretched and Effie connects with a curb stomp this was what would be considered the true back and forth wrestling I'll cut to the ending. Effie had to connect three separate sack riders to finish this match. They really booked Dylan Strong here. But our winner in this one was Effie. What are you thinking about this one? Honestly, this was probably like my favorite match of the this card, uh-huh. just because of everything told in the ring. Like I, I, I wasn't. I'm a big high flyer, like the spots and flippy floppy and all that shit. Bodies flying everywhere. But like whenever. A good story is told in the ring, and like it, it captured me. Like I was sitting here, like just watching Effie. Like, hey, you're getting countered, but then Effie just pulling out moves we haven't seen him kind of do before. Not normally in his repertoire, and he's sitting there, like, hey, I have to change up my game, obviously, because he knows of everything I'm going to do. And I just love the whole, as you said, the back and forth wrestling. And as you said, kind of, uh, I don't know if it's uh, it's going to be next one. I'll, I'll save it. I'll, I'll save it. But I, I just really enjoyed, like the storytelling in this match and if it wasn't like in-ring action main event was probably my favorite match of the night just based on all the craziness in the ring but the story and the actually wrestling told like emotionally i think i was more emotionally invested in this match than any other match throughout the night i just think it was because of the great storytelling they both did throughout the throughout this match and this was a great step up for dylan like he stepped up and he showcased and this was the best dylan mckay uh dylan mcqueen i've seen Okay, so I'm just going to go with my notes here because part of it is me repeating myself. I just want to be fair, though, because this is how close my thoughts were still after reviewing this days later. So I put that the match came off as a struggle. It was almost grudge-like. Dylan, That's especially, what I was say. <laughs> yeah, he really laid into Effie quite a few times. Okay, so real talk. I like happiness. I want this match ran back on GCW territory when it could be fun and the happy gay dream matchup that it could have been. They do need some time together on screen, a story build up with some video packages, maybe a double cross. And this match ran back just as serious as it was tonight, but with a story attached. 
I see a lot of possibilities between this two, if given the creative baton to run with. I would like to see, pretty please, more Dylan McQueen in GCW. I feel that with one storyline, he could really do fantastic things for the company. And we do have a demographic that Effie brings in. I think Dylan McQueen would also be someone that would be, I don't know, a focus with that. I don't know how to say it. Like fans of the, dem- or the, the demographic would be fans of Dylan. And again, he, he would easily win them over anyway, just because his charisma is just really strong. You can even see it come out in every single match he has. Like, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop right there for a minute and let you kind of talk back. But um, yeah, I, that's where I was with him. All I was going to say is everything you just said, there's right there with you, but how the match came across the grudge, like I said, that's why I really loved this match. I got invested in it. And I, as you said, I agreed with your uh, the storylines you just kind of came up with even before you read that part, like just there's a lot of stuff that Effie and Dylan McQueen could do for, with Team Bussy and other competitors in GCW, where I think there could be a very cool story being told somehow, some way with Dylan and Effie and even other uh, wrestlers added into the whole story. I think there's there is a story to tell there. And I hope that, as you said, it gets told on GCW's uh platform and gets told on gcw's time and that's where i was kind of saying like i think the serious match leads up now to the fun match as you said where i think that would probably happen at effie's big gay brunch because that's just a big old party and everyone's in a good mood usually for the most part then unless mason and Perro come and fuck it all up like how they did the fuckers <laughs> but no i enjoy this match i do want to see it ran back and i do want to see these two uh interact with each other somehow some way moving on in the future and I will just close out by saying it's GCW three, New South two. For our sixth matchup of the evening, representing Team New South, it is a six-person tag match as New South is putting out Team Akuto Death Society, the team of Chris Crunk and Kevin Ryan teaming with Braden Tune, going against teams GCW Los Macisos with John Wayne Murdoch. And I had no idea what to expect from this match other than the Missisos are in it, and it's going to get crazy. The Team New South, we, we saw the Braden tune, that I think, on one of the episodes before, but I didn't really see any of the, the Kudo Death Society, so I didn't have much expectations, and this was a pretty good match. It, uh, I was kind of hoping a little bit more uh, craziness than what it did, but uh, once again, kind of like earlier, the craziness, I think, helped save this match on... Uh, from my perspective, as I didn't really know too much from Team South. Alrighty, so I wrote down here in my notes, I'm expecting another busy six-man because I know Macisos can't stay quiet in their corner for very long. So Akuto Death Society is way over with New South. I'm really happy to see that. Uh, by my standards, I think they had the biggest pop of the night for New South wrestlers so far only behind Hunter Drake. The match starts, Cyclope in with Toon, Murdoch tags himself in, and Cyclope is not thrilled. There is some long-term storytelling going on here because Murdoch is being an asshole heel again. Moments later, after this, tagged himself in again. I think this is going with Reed Bentley and all this other stuff. They're going full heel, baby. I think that's what's coming. What are your thoughts on this one? I think that's what needs to happen. It seems like that's the only person that Murdoch is uh, able to team with and not have a fight is with Reed Bentley. And I know since they got announced in LA that there's a good chance we'll be seeing a little bit more of them as a tag team uh, moving down the line. And I would, I want to see Macisos versus uh, the rejects. Like 
that's a one crazy death match I'd still kind of love to see and wouldn't mind seeing again. I think that's what we're heading towards. I, I think I so too. With the the way this match kind of turned out, with the him kind of not working well together, not uh, cooperating with the Masisos, I think that's a good story, as you said. Like it's probably leading towards that. Well, it's just okay. So outside of the fact that no, I'm I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. I feel like they may be play, replacing Alex Colon. And I feel like they may have had a storyline in place, which they already admitted that they did. They, Brett admitted that, you know, they did have something together. It was going to be running in Las Vegas. So what do you do with somebody who's waiting with uh, no partner that's going to show up? So maybe they're picking up where they left off and they're going to put Reed in Cologne's position. And whatever it is that they had booked for the next couple months could continue. Just just a thought, because we don't really have a heel deathmatch team in GCW. Yeah, that goes kind of what I was telling you before. It seems with the Chicago, they're not doing any Art of War games, which is kind of uh, surprising and stunning. I think that's usually done right around September when they announce this uh, this next Chicago show. And they, they usually have this, the cups, three cup stuff, the FE's Big Game Brunch, and then they usually have the Art, Art of War games. And not happening. And I, I wonder, like... As you said, building a tag team that's deathmatch with having the rejects now kind of reunited with Los Macisos, they maybe could have done something like similar to what they did last year with the five different tag teams in that death in that Art of War Games match. Uh, since the rejects are working together, I was kind of surprised to see not no Art of War Games as of the moment. Maybe that will change, but that seemed to be kind of a staple that Chicago uh, weekend there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm right there with you. The Art of War Games is something. I'm going to really, really miss if they don't have it. So many awesome fucking matchups go down at that show. And Art of War games are like screaming GCW. Like that is what encompasses GCW. So fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. I'll get into this match just a little bit here. There was a nice spot where Braden Toon hit a nice shooting star. I did write in here that he was agile for his size. Then there was a Toon air raid crash on Cyclope through a door. Minute four, and all six men are now fighting around the ringside area. Around minute five, a door comes out. Cyclope is beating everyone with it. We had this awesome chance from the crowd. I think fans have been waiting for things like this all night because they came alive for that door shot. Minute six, and all six men are again fighting each other, but the crowd is pumped this time. GCW chance from the crowd. Minute seven, Murdoch is arguing with Los Macisos. We have Toon Chance after a huge tope. Crunk gets covered for two, and fans chant ADS. Minute eight, Miedo finds another door, and a door bridge is created, and that gets us to our finale here, where Los Macisos hit a doomsday clothesline through the door. Macisos go for the pin, but Murdoch breaks it up. Cyclope sabus a chair into Murdoch's head, knocking him out, and Macisos walk off. ADS gets the pin after they leave their own teammate in the ring by himself because that's really how he worked the whole show was by himself. So ADS gets that win. Winner, Akuto, Death Society, and Braden Toon. Right after that win, we had This Is New South Chance and Macisos walk the fuck off. It's now a different show as GCW has three wins and New South has three wins. I like the ending of them walking out on John Wayne Murdoch. I'm glad it was like someone else got tired of his shit and then walked off on him instead of him walking off on uh, 
walking off of them, but kind of switch the switch how I envision it to be um, normally with the bad guy. That's usually the one that walks off. I'm glad that he was right. the one that left and took the L2 on top of this. Because after watching this match, I became a bigger fan of Akuto Death Society. I do want to see them more and maybe in a strict tag team match because I know this one broke down extreme kind of fast. I would like to see them maybe against like East West Express um, just to see how well they are in, in the ring with the uh, rules and and without the fuckery going on, but I I like their gear too. It's cool, uh, like the old SmackDown logo for their T-shirt, and then like on the pants, it looks like the old No, no Mercy pants, right? Look like that. Nah, I I enjoy that a lot. That part kind of made me fall in love a little bit more. But then once I noticed it, uh, their gear throughout the matchup, and they didn't do too bad. I enjoyed the spot too with Masisosa hip toss Murdoch they're all arguing and they're like you know what fuck him shut him up hip tossed him into uh <laughs> so I forgot who they hip tossed into but someone from team New South and I I enjoyed that spot too and I'm I hope this does turn into something I, I think the one thing that we've been kind of always saying that GCW struggling with is like the deathmatch stuff lately and that's kind of how they built their brand so it's interesting to see like how the it's the shift is I don't know I just feel like there's a change in the way that GCW is kind of heading off here while still trying to stay true to their roots and um, having the rejects in there kind of gives me a little bit more hope that they're for the deathmatch scene uh, coming up here in the, in the future and spaces that they do death matches. I hope that they don't uh, totally just go out of the way and stop using some of these talents that we are used to. Like one name in my mind is like Akira. Like we haven't seen Akira in a while and like, that's deathmatch one hundred and one. There, like it, it just makes me wonder, like if they're having a hard time getting the wrestlers to work the deathmatches with GCW, or maybe the workers, like, hey, you're not doing it as often as I'm not going to make myself available to you as much as I used to be before because I'm filling up other bookings that I am doing the deathmatch shit for. I just, I don't know. I feel like a change that's happening that they're kind of getting away from the deathmatches. Also, I think that it's a possibility that big names are coming in. So they're removing possibly smaller names from the card. You know, you have someone like Akira that may have stepped aside for a commander. Yeah, and I, I've said that before too. Like Alex Cologne, like sorry if it's Alex Cologne or Vikingo. Uh, like sorry, I'm going to lead a little bit Vikingo. But yeah. there are other times where like, hey, you know what? I do want a nice death match here. Bring Cologne instead of Vikingo in Atlantic City, let's say, or something like that. Where hey, take advantage of the places you can get crazy and do it. Um, I don't know. The rejects are just maybe started thinking about that a little bit throughout this uh, show. That, well, since they've been announced for LA, I've been kind of thinking about that a little bit more lately. Well, it's independent wrestling. So, you know, Black That's and it. I, and next year, half the roster will look different. Yeah. You got to appreciate what you have when you have it. Yeah, that too, definitely. All righty. That will lead us into our seventh matchup, which is a world title match as the GCW champion Blake Christian defends the belt against New South's Brandon Williams. And I wanted to see Brandon with this matchup, as we, we were talking about before. We, he got uh, his one on one last time they were here, kind of taken off the card because he got injured the night before before so i think stylistically this was a good match with blake christian and brandon williams and brandon williams is solid on the ground i i really like his groundwork a lot um i think he just kind of reminds me of like a kind of like a little well way worse version of william regal but the stylistically I, that's what i was kind of getting when i was watching uh brandon williams but i was rooting for him to shut blake up but unfortunately we didn't get that either oh you know that was coming blake's blake's <laughs> a rough one man still the locksmith music starts up. You can hear new champ chants from the crowd, new south chants from the crowd. 
This is a fantastic crowd, and they are totally behind Brandon Williams in this match. Blake then is out gold. Blake is out gold. This <laughs> has been a rough one, my friend. Blake is out in gold and black. The colors fit him well. Looks good on him. Also, he's been getting on a lot of people's nerves from the fans to the locker room. So he needs he needs something going for him because right now nothing else is. The bell rings. We have dueling locksmith, all heart chants. Those turn into fuck you, Blake chants. Blake does his stalling tactic, the Cardona. He rolls out twice in the first couple minutes, laughing at him while he's kind of stretching outside. Brandon's offense for quite a while here is a series of holds and locks. Solid wrestler. That's where the locksmith name comes from. For the first seven minutes, he took any offense Blake had, and he absolutely beat it. It looked really good. Blake's feet mostly stayed on the ground for the first half of this match, which grounding Blake is a uh, is a challenge all within its own right. Here we go back with the dueling chance with all heart and locksmith as both men roll around on the ground, attempting to put on their old, their own holds on each other. Brandon is showing major leg slash ankle damage at minute nine. He still pulled off an awesome German suplex minutes later. Brandon then had a flurry of offense for minute 12 and 13, but Blake comes back in control at minute 14 and Blake is also showing ankle damage, still pulls off a 450. <laughs> uh, minute 16, Brandon almost tapped out Blake. Blame came out, uh, Blake came out with a chain. Max caught him, the referee, and took it off of him. Brandon goes for an ankle lock. He gets pushed into the ref by Blake, and Blake follows up with a curb stomp. That son of a bitch winner is Blake Christian. And again, the one thing I'll mention here, Blake was very grounded, very few spots on the top rope. And Brandon in this match put on one hell of a fight. I think that any New South fans that were cheering for Blake should be very proud of the man who represented them that night. Yeah, I love the storytelling of the match of him working Blake's legs and keeping him on the ground and taking away like a big part of his offense. I like I said, it's just the storytelling of the wrestling kind of uh, got me more involved tonight, like how Effie and Dylan's, Dylan's match was. And I liked how Brandon kept Blake on the ground. And I liked him too, like Blake kind of working his leg because that was the injury that happened uh, earlier this year that prevented Brandon from competing. I think he actually did compete like on one foot, right? Like I, now that I'm thinking about it, we did he get his attempted. match. It did yeah, but it was out. like bad. Yeah, it wasn't good at all. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too as I was thinking back about it. I liked how it was the storytelling there. Hey, call back to one of your uh, ankles. And I loved this match. I thought it was good. Kind of another classical, not high spot match, but doing a bunch of storytelling by working body parts and telling the story, getting the fans uh, involved that way. And I enjoyed that aspect of this match. Um, and I like the ending kind of like still finding some other way to get a cheap ass victory uh, was smart. And I, I enjoy that part. So then I'll go ahead and follow up this match by saying that bastard Blake, though, did one good thing. And that was put GCW up four to three over New South. And that will lead us into the main event of the evening as it is a tag team death match. Team GCW being represented by Rena and Sawyer Wreck going against a New South team of Kenzie Page and Kylie Alexa. This match went in a totally different way than I expected, but in a good way, as I thought it was a great way to show the toughness of Kenzie Page and Kylie Alexa and Team New South. And it kind of showed like the grit of the team and kind of what the grit 
the toughness of Team New South is where, hey, we are undersized. We know you're going to kick our ass, but we're going to put up a fight and fight back. And Kenzie and Kylie did an awesome job. And I think Rina and Sawyer obviously looked good as monsters and <laughs> causing all the violence and chaos onto uh, Team New South. But this was way more violent than I anticipated at all. And I think it was perfect for this match. Like I said, it, it showcased Kylie and Kenzie as two tough ladies that almost like there was a part where I almost did think they were going to win, but uh, just right? to kind of tie it up, as you said, because the score was four, three, just to tie it up. But we already seen a couple other surprises with under Drake um, and team and like Donnie to that team GCW, but with the names that we would want and root for, for do South to get the victory. But I didn't think that Kenzie page and uh, arena would be able, or Kenzie and Kylie would be able to, uh, hold their own and take the ass whooping that Rena and Sorry gave them, but they did a fantastic job. And uh, I know you're going to go minute by minute and all the fuckery going on, but this, yeah. this was a different stylistic match than I ever anticipated. Okay. So I have a bunch of ideas. I'll kind of leave it to the end here, but I will go ahead and say, uh, Paige and Alexa then came out first. They are young and smaller too. Sisters. I think it was said, I really do look forward to what they present in this match because I heard they're tough. I cannot wait. They're against two of the best GCW has to offer. Kenzie has a fantastic bitch face, which I love. That's really necessary in a heel character. She's a heavyweight champion at New South. Alexa, I haven't seen before. But again, if it's Kenzie's sister, then there's a good chance that she has Kenzie's work ethic, which I'm looking forward to. Story and Rena out with plastic bags in their hands i couldn't even guess what the hell was in them but it's never good uh for their opponents so here we go with the minute by minute this is a tag team death match so hang in with me as we go through these notes i'm gonna try to paint you a picture so you can just relax and hopefully figure out in your head how this goes it's about 14 and a half minutes long for this match so i'm gonna go through it with you as much as i can so minute one, Kenzie and Alexis start with hitting chair shots on their opponents. Sawyer and Rena answer back with their own chair shots. We're officially split screen in the first 45 seconds of the match. Sawyer was out first with a staple gun and a dollar bill. She attempts to attach to Kenzie. Then Rena uses it on Kylie and legitimate like stapled a dollar bill to her ass. Minute two. <laughs> Um, Kenzie went up top, huge senton to the, uh, from the top onto the floor, new South chants were ringing out like crazy fans were representing and getting behind their champion. Minute three, Rena plants Kenzie head first onto a chair and Rena then takes a cheese grater and grates Kenzie's forehead. She got cut really well. Minute four, Rena covers for two. Kenzie says, fuck you, bitch. And Sawyer with an awesome slam on Kenzie. She's fucked up really good. I have mad respect to her. Tag team rules were finally being used around this time. Minute five, Rena and Sawyer are shopping underneath the ring. Sawyer sabus a chair at Kenzie and then at Kylie. Minute six, Rena has chairs. She slaps Kylie, places her head in a chair, and bashes it with another chair. And then Rena cheese graters Kylie. Minute seven, Kylie's busted open. Rena piling chairs in the middle of the ring with the trash can on top. Rena got slammed onto them. Minute eight, Sawyer in and a huge kick on Kylie. Sawyer pulls skewers out of a Bucky's bag. 
That was one of the bags and what was in there. Kylie grabbed them and put them in Sawyer's head. Minute nine, Sawyer answers with a huge backhand that would have made a pimp proud. Kylie gets the skewers in her head. Kylie placed on the top rope and a Tordado DDT by Kylie. Minute 10, Rena breaks up a pin. We have GCW chants coming out because the crowd's trying to get their people alive. Kenzie and Rena are now fighting it out. Kenzie goes for two small packages and both times only get two counts. Minute 11, both women are exchanging two counts back and forth. Rena has a Bucky's bag full of thumbtacks. That's right, the second bag was thumbtacks they were poured all over the mat all of a sudden somewhere out of nowhere we have kenzie page chance both girls kick sawyer and rena into the tax minute 12 both women are standing toe to toe and exchanging strikes with rena and sawyer rena and sawyer are then throwing themselves into the tax which then elicits a response from the crowd of you sick fuck chance both ladies then Pull out gusset plates. <laughs> Minute 13, they start pounding gusset plates into their own heads. The sisters then grab some gusset plates and do the same to them. They both go back to toe-to-toe -to -toe brawling with each other. Then they go into headbutts against each other. Kylie then had a huge chair shot on Rena, but Rena then turned around and hit a huge air raid crash on Kylie. So then for our, in, our finish here in minute 14, Rena and Sawyer had both girls. Basically, they hit double choke slams and covered for three. Our winners in this match, Rena Yamashita and Sawyer Wreck. I'll leave it right there before I go any further. What are your thoughts on this match? Kenzie and uh, Kylie are way incredibly more tough than I ever could be. And I didn't like expect that at all from these two. Like I said, I, that was like the, the shock of the night for me was this match and just the punishment they took. And they, they sold so good to make Rena and Sawyer look even better. Like they didn't have to do too much selling to make them look good, but I think they did a great job of, especially Sawyer making her look really more badass in this match. than we kind of seen her lately just because the way she was, throwing around Alexa, uh, Kylie and Kenzie um, more than kind of like we've seen her like kind of struggle with like some of these men where she's got to lift them up for a power bomb or choke slam. We've seen her kind of struggling lifting with the weights, but with Kylie and Kenzie being smaller, they were just ragdolling them. And I think they did a, a great job, Rena and Sawyer of looking strong and Kenzie and Kylie may helping to make make them look strong. And the punishment punishment these two took was incredible. Well, maybe this is time to quote me, but is it time for GCW to have a women's deathmatch tournament? It's time to celebrate the women's deathmatch uh, crowd because they're highly represented and there's quite a few women out there that can fucking throw it down. Sawyer and Kirk would be fantastic. Rena and Kenzie would be fantastic. Allie can fucking throw it down. I mean, there's, there's five right there. Then you've got Yamashita who can do whatever she needs to do. There's, there's women just in-house that could cover half of, you know, an eight person bracket. So I just thought it was a cool idea. Yeah. I mean, they, they're throwing a bunch of them in with the regular deathmatch tournaments anyway, but I, I think it would be kind of cool. They, they, they liked having the all six women compete for the GCW title. They like the first women's deathmatch and stuff like that. Like um, I forgot who they're doing that with, but they, they like kind of being out there to set a precedence and be kind of the first ones and think outside the box. And, I, I don't think I've seen or heard of on the independent wrestling scene like into a, a deathmatch women's wrestling tournament. So that would be, a, I, I definitely could see that happening easily. 
it's it's just I feel like it's possible. And GCW is kind of on that road where they want to make sure they include everyone and they make sure that they cover all their bases. I think this would be a fantastic way to. I don't want to say christen, but maybe put the women in the death match division onto a higher stage, a larger stage. And I think they should. I think they deserve that. Yeah, I could I could see them kind of do it. Like I did not expect Kenzie and Kylie to bleed that much and also take half the bumps <laughs> and shit they did. But like, yeah, they're right away. When one match, you got two new names for that kind of tournament. And um, yeah, I was just like I said, I, I apologize right away after seeing Kenzie the second time live and in person. I'm like, oh shit, she's actually better than what I said the first time. I think like she's going out of her way now. <laughs> like, shut us up or shut me up and like, hey. Like, uh, go back and rethink your thoughts here, because I'm she's doing way better than I expected, and I'm glad to see her. That belt was freaking huge on her, man. <laughs> I, that that's thing the, was that large one, to begin with. That thing was gigantic. I, I thought that was funny, and I love how Rena plays heel too. That was the other thing. Like Rena, when it's time to play heel, she's kind of like one of those old school, like just does the easy cheap heat. Like on this one, she grabbed the streamer and blew her nose in it and tossed it back at him. Like yeah, oh, like yeah. I, I like how Rena kind of dastardly gets, heel. Yes, I like how she kind of dives into it, and uh, I enjoy seeing her uh, play as a heel in that in, the, in GCW lately. So my last real note on this one was that all four women put in a solid match. It was good. It was like a really good call to have the death match at the end of the show. Everyone worked their ass off. I think the fans went home much happier when the weapon showed up. So it was really smart to have that at the end because they went home with the fuckery that I think. 75% of them came forward to begin with. So I will say this much in the end, though, because of this win that put GCW over New South five to three. We rule that bitch. Yes, uh, that's that a good way, though. Like I said, the, the three wins I thought were good wins for Team New South. I still, like I said, was kind of expecting a big upset, seeing as much punishment as the uh, Team New South, the women did at the end. I wasn't. I wouldn't have been surprised they picked up, picked up the victory team to score out. And, but I thought it was a great way to end the show, and the way the camera just like cut off the feed, and with them just kind of staring into the camera, like kind of like how Cardona and the Cardonas did when they did like the marriage and AC, and like you just mm -hmm. got Matt and Chelsea just covered in blood. Like what the fuck just happened? And then, like, that's how the show ended. I thought that was a cool <laughs> visual of ending this show with Kylie and Kenzie. Just covered in blood, just surviving that. Be like, what the fuck was that? Like, what the hell? Where they get these women from? Kind of thing. And I, I just am blown away by the those two performances in this match. Like I said, it blew my mind. How I definitely got to go check them out. I didn't know that was her sister either. That's a new uh, piece of information as well. Yeah, it makes me think of Chelsea when she was covered in cake, and she's like, "It's supposed to be my wedding." Yep, there's kind of like my day. This is our house. Like, what the hell? Like, they're they were blood. That was crazy. That was a good match. Great. I just I thought that was a perfect way to end the show to send the fans home happy and to give us fans uh, even at home watching the death match that we've been kind of asking for. I I put the death match quote in quotes because it did have the glass. But like that's what that's what I'm saying though. You can have these kind of. I don't know why they won't have this match in L.A. Why not have the tables, the gusset plates, the tack. Like we're starting to get there. The doors, not the tables, but like we're starting to get there. Like pull out the gusset plates in LA. Like you could have yeah, violence yeah. and get extreme match and not call it death match, but still get fucking bleeding where you can't tell the difference if it's a death match or not because there's just some 
a lot of fuckery in the ring and blood all over, and the fans are going to be happy. They won't think twice about, oh, I wish that master would have had glass. Like, no, they're bleeding. What more do you want? Did someone die in the ring? Like, you're still getting the visual representation of a death match with all the cool spots, with all the fuckery in the ring. And I just don't understand why LA can't get something like this to make up for that quote unquote no death matches. I just realized, could you imagine how crazy LA would be if we did a fans bring the weapons? Holy they shit. Should just bring knives. They're like, oh, what? They just like pull it out randomly. Like, yeah, we're ready. <laughs> oh my God. Nah, that would be crazy. That one. No, it's just a crazy crowd to be fantastic. Okay. So I'm ready for some memorable moments. How you feeling? Yeah. Memorable moments. You could go first. So you're ready for it. Yeah. All right. So I would just say number one, being in the brewery again. It's kind of cool. It's a unique place. And um, yeah, it's always nice to come back to something different. The Effie and McQueen match being everything I hoped it wouldn't, but I have hope. I think there is a lot of potential there, and I am sticking to my opinion. Lastly, just the main event, the entire main event overall. The women really showed the fuck out, and I 100% loved it and respect that uh, for the work that was involved that night. That's my memorable moment, sir. Yeah, my most memorable moments going to be, like I said, that ending, the visual of just Kenzie and Kylie just bleeding and, like, stunned and, like, what the hell just happened? Like you said, the main event, all four women delivered and had a great main event and perfect. Like, I loved it. It was just perfect for everything. I love the wrestling throughout this whole card of the storytelling being done in the matches. I really enjoyed, like, Dylan McQueen and Effie's struggle and Brandon Williams and Blake Christian's kind of back-and-forth struggle as well. And their matchup, I enjoyed the storytelling of those two matches. And seeing the Team New South, the Hunter Drake, um, Team New South with the victory, and uh, even the ADS picking up the victory of Los Macisos, I, I enjoyed it. I I really liked who New South put out there to spotlight their talent, and I, I did it. They did a fantastic job, and I will go be checking them out some more. Like I said, I think they're on Plex. I do catch some of their shows. There's so many fucking wrestling things out nowadays, but I think, <laughs> I think they have like on on that Plex channel. Like sometimes I pop that up because they'll have like Warrior Wrestling or some cool Triple A matches and shows that I haven't seen. And I think I have seen New South on there before, so I I've gone out of my way to click them. I know I've seen um, TNT on there. You can see Leon Slater. Uh, it's just pretty cool to see New South out there, so I will check them out um, next time I see one of their shows pop up and uh, see what they've done and see how different it is without the GCW kind of a um, hand without all that, over it. Right, I was going to say without that curve, you yeah, know, to, to the fastball, you know. Exactly. I want to see a typical New South show to see how how good those shows are. It really does look like the presentation's clean. And I think that if they got some type of decorations or banner on their walls, it would clean it up. A good example, H2O over there at Tremont's place. They put some banners on the walls to clean the whole place up. Yeah. Same thing here. I like, I do like their banners, but then ah, that's all another story. Then they start adding like a bunch of quote unquote, like non wrestlers on their board. I couldn't like, tell uh, off the top of my head. Like, like, I love seeing the Danny Havoc. Like that's like that one that always makes you smile. Yes. Like when I see that banner, I'm like, hey, that like keeps that keeps Danny in my memories and my thoughts. And that one I do appreciate and stuff. But like I think they couldn't like they're starting to get to the point where there's too many banners up all over the place. But I do like it. Like how FSW has it. I really like how when they do it, like, hey, one someone that came up from our class and training is now on the quote unquote TV wrestling. And they they throw up their banners. I think that's pretty cool. But 
They, you get to a point where you get the 20 people, it becomes too many on there. Not going to argue you. <laughs> <laughs> and that will do it for yeah. GCW versus New South 2. Overall, I think a great, great ending. Uh, the main event was an awesome way to end this show, but also a fun New South weekend. We got to see a bunch of new talent and uh, see them in a bunch of different matches. And I think each show brought a bunch of uniqueness to it, and each match kind of felt unique as each show uh, kind of played out that weekend as well. But I enjoyed those three shows that weekend. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we do we close this out? Do we move on? How do you want to do it, my friend? You want to move on to the next one or do you want to hold off? It's up to you. I'm cool to move on. We can just keep on huh? rolling. I have I have time. All I have to do is pee. All right. Well, <laughs> we can, you can say that honestly. Fuck it. I don't care. You can cut it for all I care. You can keep it and make it louder for all I care. Well, we're going to roll on into, I guess, then Fuck we will yes. do a two part show here and cover GCW's Backyard Wrestling 5 from somewhere in the USA. Backyard USA, baby. Yes. Oh, man. We have a show to cover here. <laughs> yeah we're gonna we're gonna have fun with this one um i'd say just do a little talk for 30 45 seconds i'll be right back okay yeah hell read my notes for all you have there I got <laughs> read your notes all right well we are doing gcw's backyard wrestling if you are still listening uh we're gonna kind of do two shows in one here um thank you all for listening to this two-parter and uh yeah backyard wrestling uh i'm kind of upset that I didn't go to the, this year where there's lots, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of wrestling. And uh, I decided to not go this year to uh, backyard wrestling, but it was a farther way farther uh, away than where we were last year um, for backyard wrestling. So I was able to watch this at home and oof, this is, this is an interesting show. This was a backyard show. Uh, a lot of new names, definitely that we will be going over on the show. But all the fuckery, like I think what saved not saved this match, but made this uh, card way more entertaining was having Nick Gage on as on commentary and having Brett on uh, for matches as well. I thought that helped out the show tremendously hearing those two just kind of bullshit with the the matches and hearing their reactions to some of these uh, blown spots or not clean connecting spots. But (laughs) seeing them enjoy what this whole show was like. With this, I'm not going to dog on this show. Like it is what it is. It's we don't watch these shows for five star classics. We watch these shows to see some fucked up, entertaining shit, and that's what this <laughs> show definitely delivered. It was not the cleanest wrestling by far, but I don't want it to be on backhand wrestling. I just wanted to see people grab some beers, enjoy themselves, and go out and entertain and do some interesting, different stuff that we wouldn't see in a normal wrestling setting as we are in the backyard and that's exactly what these gcw shows always produce a lot of fuckery a lot of holy shit moments and a lot of laughs and giggles uh as well during the shows and obviously if you couldn't hear i'm back (laughs) all right so i got some pre-show remarks here this gcw backyard wrestling five was an invite only event Patreon exclusive, by the way. I'm sure most of you know about it, but you would definitely have gotten an invite if you were on GCW's Patreon. So we open in a backyard somewhere in the USA and we hear ICP's Piggy Pie playing and I'm dying laughing. Everything about it feels fun. 
I loved ICP and enjoyed it back in the mid to late 90s. Great Malenko was a great fucking album. It used to be on my party list. No lie. So I just <laughs> wanted to mention that. Also, before I, uh, I found out later on in the show that Backyard USA is ECW's own 911's property. That uh, barn in the background is owned by 911. I don't know how much you followed any of that. Did you see what I was writing? online about that yeah i uh i, okay, I knew yeah. of 911 i knew that big vin was his son and so i didn't know it was the house though. i didn't i didn't catch that part um yeah towards the end of the show big vin's like give it up for my dad it's his barn so, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i do not remember that yeah shit so, so much rusting since then <laughs> i dude i know it's it's crazy so yeah um fountain style fireworks are going off in the ring just like every year I can tell you that this ring is definitely a touch smaller than the other ones we do have. But again, it's backyard. There were, from what I could see from the opening shot, two trampolines, a kiddie pool with an actual kid in it, a blow up floating unicorn and some beach balls. There is a kiddie pool behind the ring that has a blow up. I don't know. I think it's Stitch from Disney's. I, I can't really tell a koala. Maybe it's a koala was in there. There's also a kid's play home, some mattresses. I see a couple ladders, a couple of doors, some more doors with some um, firecrackers attached to them. Also, I see two ringside cameras and a hard cam. Great job to GPW for still covering everything in this show professionally. We even still got replays in this match. Or I'm sorry, in this show. So very thankful for the hard work they did there. I didn't hear of a head count, but lots of people were just chilling with coolers and lawn chairs. Beautiful people, beautiful GCW fans. Very thankful there's a place to host this cool event once a year. So that's that's how I feel, and I'm sure that's how the fans felt. But it feels more like the independent wrestling roots, events in people's yards, lawn chair fans. You know, I'm I'm hoping there's pyro on every entrance laughable and memorable moments and fingers crossed joey janela coming out to party in the usa by uh, miley cyrus <laughs> the, i'm a sucker ten, for that shit now i want to hear it play 10 times like uh new jack's entrance like just let it play throughout the whole match like how they did last year a little bit right <laughs> so uh, so um we kind of talked about this in later or no i'm sorry earlier in this episode but gcw has grown so much over the last year since we had the last backyard event near those cornfields like it's just exponential growth since the last one but it just i was reminiscing on it for a second i know you have a little more to say i just like seeing all like i said all the fuckery that was around like everything was right there around the ring to like this year like all that the crazy stuff was literally right there but it wasn't just like the trampoline or pool like as you said there was stuff all over and i loved how it was like right there accessible because it just looked like a um you ever seen like that ultimate tag like there was like a league where like there's like a room and there's like a bunch of stuff like yeah they're like I fly that. over and jump over they're running like that's what watching this kind of felt like with the trampolines people were jumping on from one trampoline to another like, it felt like uh like a parkour show like it felt like it just felt cool seeing all the stuff right there in the fuckery right there i enjoyed like how everything just circled the ring this year because usually it was like one or two items this year as you said there was a long list of items all around the ring so 
to me, it was just fun to get back to this type of event. I enjoy seeing the humor involved in these shows. And it's nice to see GCW just not take itself seriously again, even for just one night. So I'm going to go in here with something. This is just my idea. Why can't we maybe put together some form of a Christmas or holiday show? And just for tax purposes, maybe sneak in a, a charity event of some sort. I just, you know, if not that, Halloween. How about every wrestler dresses up for Halloween? We need this, dude. We need these I things want to settle my theories to come back. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think there was a lot of pain involved in that. <laughs> I, I enjoyed where it could have ended up with. But like you said, it could have ended up like with this, a Halloween-themed one or a holidays-themed oh, one. Like, I think it's like a holiday one would have been so cool. And then Halloween. That could have that could be off the fucking charts, dude. When's the last time outside of WCW, who else is having a Halloween havoc? Hint, hint. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we're nostalgia fucking people at GCW. I'm telling you, we could have something just one night. Give us just a little entrance area that has a little, you know, hay bale on each side and some pumpkins and you know, like a cosplay dresses. I've been seeing like this cosplay wrestling has kind of been not blowing up. I've been seeing a little bit more of it lately with a lot, a lot of other different like what I think Speedball competed in like just recently a cosplay, a cosplay wrestling show like where he like was a Speedball. He dressed up as whatever character and they had a match that way. But, like those look like uh-huh. fun. Like, I just said like the fun, just everyone have a good time. Let's put on a good show for the fans, not like worry about five star classics. And like I've been seeing a couple other different uh like clips of like these cosplay wrestlers and I've just enjoying it. It's a different style like of wrestling where like you said, maybe do that for Halloween. Don't you just call like you don't have to say cosplay, you just call it Halloween, whatever. Like see Cardona come in dressed as diesel or something like that. Okay, so I'll go back into something else here. I also liked when GCW used to televise the wrestler's birthday celebration. I know fans aren't deep inner circle, but we're still family. I know there's a lot of wrestlers that have probably had birthdays this past year. Um, Probably all of them. And it would be fun (laughs) to kind of, you know, celebrate with them a little bit. Those moments make, make the show feel a little more personal and special. And when you share moments like that, when you think about it down the road, those are some of the most important moments. So just saying, but in this pre-show, Emma was back out with those sexy legs. My friend, he had a Lex Luger shirt, a big old American flag on it. Honestly, I thought it was a nice pick. He's rocking them Jordans. He's also pulling double duty, working commentary. Big, big respect to Emil. He's a good motherfucker, too. And uh, on commentary throughout the whole show, hard ass Nick, Nick Gage. Uh, Nick was looking cool. He had the sunglasses on. He was relaxing out there. And his commentary actually made a good chunk of the night for me. Oh, my God. Yeah, that commentary was the (laughs) night for me. I loved it. I, I've said this for a long time. But I, I wish they would put him on commentary a lot more because he is fucking hysterical on commentary. And like when it, the time comes to get emotional, like he's good at bringing it out um, verbally with it. Not my not my use the clearest words, um, but just his energy is uh, fun. I like that right away, too. The first thing of backyard wrestling, fucking first botch of the night. Like Emma's already going right into right into the fucking match and announcer. They're like, hey, wait a minute, you forgot to announce our commentary, motherfucker. Like Nick's like, hey, what about me, asshole? Like, oh yeah, on commentary. Like, I just like I was like, yep, that this is gonna be one of these shows. And I, I actually like popped open a couple of drinks. I'm like, this is gonna enter this this is gonna be entertaining. I'm just gonna sit here back and enjoy and watch all the fucking craziness because 
Uh, these shows are nuts, and this one <laughs> definitely didn't disappoint either. That will lead us into our first match after hard-ass Nick gets introduced on commentary, as it is a three-way match as the Chad goes against Ace Wired goes against Drake Drake Brailer. And your first note is exactly what I have throughout the whole night. <laughs> right? Yeah, so uh, Gage comes out with, of course, like I said, he's having the most fun of the night. We all kind of agree together. He goes, I have little, mation, uh, I have little information on these guys because I have no clue. And that's how we are. So there were quite a few of these that were new to us. Quite a few old faces from previous. Yeah, that's what came up. Yeah, that's what like Nick came out. I was like, what's this guy in the chat? Isn't that Ty? Like, whatever. Like, I only see this asshole once a year. Like, is this it for him for the year? Like, it, I love Gage on commentary, man. He's just, he's the best. So I'll go ahead and just kind of clear a spot that was out there. The Chad was stepping on the ropes and hit a dive to the outside, followed by a second rope Phoenix splash, then a twisting dive of, I'm guessing, some sort. So Gage again, we're surrounded by donkey shit. He also said, I'm here to see Janela fight that other guy. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, this is a, so another spot where Ace with multiplying or with multiple flipping moves, followed by a twisting senton. I'll give you another spot. There was an Ace double stomp from the top rope onto Chad. There were kill him chants after Ace gets dropped on his fucking head. Emil, maybe he's thinking it's time that they wrap this up. I agreed. Drake hits a pile driver. Fans yell, he's dead. And then I'll just go to our finish here. Basically, Chad says, it's time. Grabs water and runs. Jumps on the mattress and does a killer double flip for the win. So our winner here was the Chad. My my spot, I'll just go ahead and say it now. Chad was a spot guy, a lot of rope stuff. Ace took a lot of damage, middle of the road wrestler. Drake had the most real wrestling ability, in my opinion, or at least he showed the most in this match. No lie, it was sloppy at times. It was backyardy at best. I've seen better wrestling at our local wrestling school. I'll let the, go ahead and let that sting for a minute, but that's <laughs> honestly what I thought, what I saw. I was like, wow, this is not good. I fucking love GCW, but this match was just straight up backyardy. I don't want good if I could get this commentary from Gage, though. Like, right. It was, like, I don't know if it was this match. Maybe it was a couple times I felt like I've heard it. Like, Nick just said, like, hey, Brett, like, we're going to end this shit. Like, you're going to sit there and let this shit go. Like, he just kept on looking like, Brett, what's going on here? Like, where do you find <laughs> these guys? Like, when I just said, there's a couple botches throughout this whole show. And like it just Gage just calls it out, and I just love how they just <laughs> don't even care. They just have fun with it. I want to see a backyardy show. I I liked it. Uh, the Chad, yeah, the um, Ty usually does a bunch of flips. Um, that's all I kind of really always see him. Flip. I just remember the one last year that he did, and then landed right on fucking rocks like a man. Ugh. Yeah, I enjoyed this match. It was like a bunch of flippy shit though. To and. Uh, some botches here and there that kind of didn't look so clean, and I'm all for it because that's what these the backyard wrestling shows are for. And accidents do happen. It was hot as fuck out there. Oh my god, yeah. And like you did, as soon as they they got to walk out, like pretty much the mud and shit too. So the spot, the ropes are probably all slippery. That rings. Like I said, it looked nice. It's not as clean. I went back. It's not as clean as I remember it looking. But by before by the end of the night, that looks like a whole different ring mat inside. <laughs> That will lead us into our second matchup of the evening as Dark Angel, 
Marcus Mathers goes against Mark Angel. <laughs> this, I'm sorry. I'm a fuck. Yeah. I laughed at that. He could have been Mark Angel, but instead he's dark. Like, that's just fucking funny. And here in the gauge, trying to figure out, wait, he's dark. He's not Mark. Like, what, yeah. what's going on here? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. My whole, my, all my notes are all just that gauge, being gauge bullshit on commentary because that's what made this night fun for me. So Dark Angel comes out completely excited. He hits the trampoline like El Schlacko would have done, which I do miss. I will admit. Mark comes out and, uh, I'm laughing at the lady who keeps getting hit by blow off from pyro and she just keeps jumping. I don't know if you can see it be, but it's like, yeah, at the entrance and <laughs> she's like, yeah. Ah. So I will give another, uh, I will give a spot here. So dark grabs an umbrella and jumps off the ring. This uh, elicited Mary Poppins chance from the crowd. He then slaps, uh, slaps Mark's ass with a sandal. I think I heard a chocolate chant out there somewhere in the crowd. Some dude stands up and his ass crack is hanging out. You can literally hear Gage say, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Later on, he goes, we got to see this guy's ass crack all night. Like, can oh we do God. something here, please? Dude was smiling all night down there. Holy shit. Um, fuck that chair. Chance from the fans. Dark hit with a can. Almost falls in the ball pit. Ooh, that elicits a ball pit chant. There was another spot where Mark Sabu's a chair into Dark's head, followed by another chair shot to the head, then an elbow to Dark on the trampoline. Ends up having a beat your kid chance. We're coming out. There's another spot where Ariel Crow. Wow, Ariel Crow. I accidentally put that in there somehow. <laughs> so uh, Dark, Dark comes in and hits a dive with some kind. I couldn't even tell you what it was called on Mark. Childhood trauma chants are now breaking out with the crowd. Mark goes to throw a chair. Fans are yelling, yeet, 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 which kind of goes back to what you were talking about, where, you know, you kind of miss miss your boy out there yeeting people everywhere. Uh, Dark gets his head dunked under the water, and then Mark is thrown into a ball pit. Dark grabs a door, builds a door bridge. Mark is throwing balls at this point. Doors and balls chant from the crowd. Both are throwing balls now at each other. Mark is then laid on a door bridge. Dark was up onto the kids fort kind of thing. Dark with a beautiful swanton onto Mark for the win. Our winner here, Dark Angel beating Mark Angel. Dark was super fun. His personality shines through. Mark, to me, did his job. Vanilla personality, but a good worker. The pre-match stipulation was that Mark now must leave the backyard forever. Forever. I must have missed this. Is that like his dad? His dad? Like, I, I, missed, I must have missed this. I, I think it was just made that way. I don't think they're, they're obviously closer in age than they could be, whatever. Okay, yeah, that's why I was. Just throw together, fuck all match. No, the, the, the two times I watched this show, like it was like on low, but I had the headphones on just so I could hear Nick Gage on commentary, but I'm not expecting him to sit there and uh, <laughs> break down moves or say like who that's his dad or right, not. But, right. Yeah, so I, I didn't know if I just missed that part or not, because I did see, like you said, that fans are trying like, like that's your son <laughs> or beat your son. Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, yeah it was just uh, storyline bullshit. I just love like Marcus. Marcus Mathers does good in these kind of uh, impromptu, like just silly kind of, environments i think he shows like a great range of his wrestling and his kind of character and uh he was able to have fun because like, i enjoy whenever he's in these kind of like crazy matches that go around the ring that to be a death match like i know last year his match with jimmy lloyd was mostly death match but 
Uh, I like seeing him do all the fuckery spots and just have fun. And that's what this match was. And I'm just going to say this now, just in case. Like, I, I'm not, when I'm laughing, like, I, I praise every wrestler that came on this show just to entertain us on 4th of July. Like, I don't give a fuck if you failed every single spot. Like, later on, there's a match. Holy shit. Like, just everyone's a botch. I don't care. <laughs> I just enjoyed it. It was fun. I want to say thank you all for doing it. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you and all of us because these are that's what makes these shows so fun. They just you can mess up and just keep on going and nobody will ever notice. And market uh almost a darkest <laughs> market. Darkest <laughs> Darkest Mathers. Uh when he every time he grabbed the the umbrella, I always laughed because he just had a big old smile on his face and having fun. And this was a fun match. It was good. His personality won the match for me. That's what I yeah. The first match was kind of uh, the second match. What really won it for me was Marcus Mathers just being himself and projecting it to the fans. Yeah, I yeah, that's a good way to put it. Our third matchup of the evening or afternoon over there is Pizza Cat Jr. Billy Starks going against Charlie Cactus. Rogan Finley. And this is what I was saying earlier. I could not tell that was Rogan underneath that mask. Like it was just, I don't know if it was like the long hair. Well, something just did not look right at first. I was like, I, and so like I said, because of my sound, when I was watching the first couple of minutes, I'm like, I thought that was supposed to be broken, is it? And then like later on, I kind of figured it out. But throughout this match, I was kind of trying to figure out who the hell Charlie Cactus was because it didn't look like broken at first. <laughs> um, this is the second year in a row now. Uh, I'm, uh, we had, last year, we had Akira versus Masha. And I believe, I don't know if I'm breaking news, I don't know. I'm speculating here that I believe Brogan and Billy are a couple. So having couples fight on 4th of July seems to be a GCW kind of thing. And oh, it's a, a family to, thing. <laughs> yeah, a good way to get it out of your system once a year. That's uh, an illegal and entertaining way, I guess. Well, maybe that's what it is. Every year they have to have a family fight, just like a <laughs> party. Oh, I didn't even think about that. There you go. Uh, that's That could be overthinking, but it's a good it's a good way to look at it. So referee Adam Galt comes out in referee shorts and a macho man muscle tee. Awesome choice. Charlie came out with a white mask, then took it off to reveal an orange mask. Pizza then comes out to Viva La Lucha Libre song, which the fans really loved. So I figured out here that Charlie was our heel and Pizza Cat at one point was using her deadly scratches. Uh, There was a spot where Charlie did a fantastic backflip. And he, nobody kind of responded. And he said, I need more booze there. I just did a backflip. So <laughs> that was kind of funny that he put that out there and didn't, didn't mind saying it out loud. But uh, pizza gets near the pool of water at one point. You can hear her say, no water. Cats don't like water. And uh, <laughs> about halfway through, though, both were covered in dirt. Charlie hit an awesome one-winged angel, in, in, yeah, angel into the pool on pizza Cats can't swim started being the chant, but both were at least cleaned up after that. Pizza Cat then ends it with a tombstone on Charlie for the win. Our winner here, Pizza Cat Jr. They did a lot in five minutes. The crowd was kind of into it. When she's leaving, I heard someone say no one likes soggy pizza. And that was just fun. I didn't catch the pizza. Was it a tombstone pizza again, too, or no? Last year, no, no, was a tombstone no. on just, top of a tombstone pizza. So she was just pizza cat, and someone was basically because she was soaked from the pool. He's like, no one likes soggy pizza, and everybody was laughing. Oh, okay, because she was soggy from the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I, I missed that. That's over my head. 
<laughs> good match. Like I said, I this was fun. Uh, I just literally my one thousand match. Like Brogan, don't fuck it, don't blow up her face again like I did last time in the ring with her. That's where we saw last time Billy was all bloody in the match with Brogan. Um, enjoy. I like the whole pizza cat gimmick. I like how it's like the tombstone. Like I said, last year was a tombstone on top of a tombstone pizza for the victory. Um, but her using the tombstone as pizza cat, I've I've enjoyed. She's gonna. That's it's her and Nick Wayne. That's gonna be a good job on AEW here coming up. Not to change quick subjects, but I can't wait to see Billy a lot more on a AEW program in Ring of Honor. Like I thought that was so cool of her killing it and having a great match at Forbidden Door on that biggest stage at her age uh, was cr- crazy to see, but also cool because we've seen her work her ass off and seeing the growth that she's done. Uh, it was kind of cool seeing a GCW person we watched kind of get that exposure for the first time. I was surprised to see her on the show. Yeah. Given the fact of what she's doing right now, really surprised that they wouldn't have been like, no, don't, don't do that. You ain't doing no backyard stuff, right? <laughs> exactly. You work yeah. way too hard to be doing the backyard still. Yeah. So uh, okay. that match is over. And I just, well, I wanted to mention just because, you know, it's classic. We hear chicken hunting for my CP again. That was kind of our music in between the matches. So I'm guessing that's a Brett Lauderdale thing. He likes he likes ICP, so I appreciate it. I like it too. All right, I just had to get that out there. No, you're good. <laughs> Our fourth matchup is a six-way scramble as Mayday Jack Redrick goes against Big Vin, who's playing himself, Big Vin. <laughs> Deshaun, which is Sean Henderson, going against Lucky, which is Lucky 13, going against Matt Awesome, which was cool to see him. Matt Tremont in the backyard wrestling. That was one name I did not expect to see, and I was kind of glad to see on this card. Uh, actually, there's another name. There's another name later, too. Yeah, I was shocked to see Tremont. Uh, then going against the last opponent in the six-way scramble, Vampire, uh, Vampiro, which is um, Basad. And yes, fun scramble, fun scramble. Big Vin, glad to see him healthy now. I think this is his first match since he got hurt. Um, a while ago, I think he tore his ACL in his last match, of so what I remember correctly. So it was nice seeing him getting a match. And as you said, uh, I didn't catch it until afterwards, him being on uh, his dad's property. It's cool seeing him have a match on his dad's property on 4th of July. And considering he probably put all the stuff together and all the fuckery and set it all up, it was nice to see him get his moment in the ring and his chance to shine. And I was glad to see him. But like I said, Matt Tremont was a shock. Or Matt Awesome Tremont was awesome see like that was a shock to me i threw my hands up i'm like oh nice trademarks here all righty all righty here so i'm gonna start off with big vin he came out to some awesome music it was great to see him back he was happy as shit grabbed his pyro walked around the ring with it gage says man this song makes me want to commit <laughs> <laughs> oh mad awesome uh Good old Matt Tremont, which again, I'm with you, an absolute gift to have there. He comes out the poison by Bell Div DeVoe. Also, I got to say, he's one of my brothers. He's rocking them and one shorts. I wear tons of those around the house and wherever I'm going to, you know, I could be comfortable. Get them at Walmart, baby. Those are my shorts right there. Mayday Jack is out next. Awesome, upbeat entrance. Of course, one of my favorites, Mr. Ratty Daddy himself. Vampiro out next to one of my personal favorites from the 90s. If you don't know this song, go check it out. It's from a band called Aphex Twins. It's actually a, not a band, but the song is called Come to Daddy. 
It's a great old 90s song, and it's a little scary. Don't be around your kids when you watch it. Deshaun, he reminds me of a singer from the 70s, and I don't even know why. Lucky 13 comes out to Coming Undone by Korn. He goes over to two fans who also has his style of shoes, and they all place them together on camera in a cool little moment. It was a non-traditional scramble. There were four extra men each took a corner. So it was an interesting, uh, interesting concept, and I kind of liked it. It was a modified tag of sorts. Uh, not as exciting as a scramble, but the structure is interesting and allows for some interesting storytelling. There wasn't a spot where Awesome was giving Mayday the fist to the face, and Mayday does an awesome Ric Flair flop. Lucky had a Hurricane Rana, Big Vin into the pool, and then Lucky follows with a top rope moonsault into the pool. Mayday then throws Rainbow, that's the blow-up unicorn, into the pool with Vin and Lucky because of, of course, safety first. So, <clears throat> why didn't they name that unicorn Corny? They can't stand Cornette. They could have named the unicorn Corny. There was an excellent chance for a great wrestling joke there, and it just was passed by. On backyard wrestling of all the places, you could have exactly. pissed Cornette off. That would have been like that would have been like just over the edge for Cornette. Cornette would have saw the backyard and fucking had an aneurysm. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like making an Amish joke. Like yep. they're not gonna hear it. They're not watching TV. Yeah, that would uh, have been the perfect time, right? So uh, Matt grabs the mic. He told Henderson he don't know why he trained him, and he leads an awesome chant. There's a spot where Vampiro is in the middle of the ropes, coast to coast on awesome. The I'm not going to lie. At first, a lot of these names were throwing me off, and I'm sure they're throwing you off, too, because I'm trying to write all of them down. It's like, damn. So some spots for everyone. Sean hit a Canadian destroyer on Mayday into the pool and onto, I guess, would be considered a floating board. All it did was kind of have Mayday slap his fucking head against the thing. It wasn't very good. Uh, another spot with Vin uh, sit down choke slam on Lucky. Another spot, Vampiro with a flaming foot to Deshaun. Now he's blowing fireballs. Um, another spot here where there was a door bridge built in the ring. Vampiro is put through it. Lucky then, a lucky bridge, literally him getting bridged across two trampolines. Vampiro dives through Lucky and the door. Another spot where Vin kicks a ladder into Matt's head. Another door bridge is built. Deshaun is then placed on top. Mayday comes over to Bing Vin and says, Vincent, get the tractor. So here's how this led to our ending. Vin is now driving a fucking tractor across the yard with Mayday on the front of it, standing on a wooden pallet. Holy shit, they drive it to the ring. It is a huge jump from where Cole was at, maybe 15, 20 feet in the air, but also a 15-foot dive towards Deshaun. Then they go up even higher. So it's easily 20, 25 feet off the ground, a solid 20-foot leap to Deshaun. But because he's higher, the jump should be slightly easier. But I have a feeling it's going to hurt a little worse. So I estimated it to be basically a foot or so under a dive from the top of the WWE cage. But... Mayday takes the huge leap and connects for the win here. So our winner was Mayday Jack. Uh, before I go into anything else, man, how are you feeling? What you doing on this one? I'm rewatching it. I forgot it's about the. Cool. I, I missed the the Vampiro Pyro spot. <laughs> ironically, that's why I was kind of kind of go back. Like I don't remember fireballs being thrown, but I must have looked away at that time. Yeah, hey, 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 oh, you didn't miss much. No, oh, I mean that's a that is yeah, his thing. Was, that was a cool thing last year. That was like the best video I took last year of. Uh, Dude, I him. thought he caught his hair on fire last year. 
Oh yeah, last year was pretty brutal. Dude, he totally engulfed his fucking head. That was cool as shit last year. Yeah, last year it went all around Dylan McKay. Like the whole flames just engulfed him. This year, like, did he only like? Yeah, I, I went back. I only saw like one he, that he uh, got thrown on. But this was a fun, fun match. The, the tractor spot was like kill, killing me. I'm like, holy shit! Like, what is going to happen here? And as you said, Cole was up, or Mayday Jack was up pretty high. Like, okay, you're up high enough, but that's a, as you said, that was like a a big jump he'd have to jump across yeah. and that was my first worry i'm like is he gonna fucking make it like i, I had flashbacks to aj gray at hammerstein like what are you doing dude you're not gonna fucking make that jump <laughs> but, like, <laughs> that's why i had him watching this but luckily he did come out uh safe i enjoyed all the crazy spots uh facade or lucky or vampiro lucky whatever um seeing them in backyards just like perfect because facade's like perfect for these situations and matches as well the one name that uh i never saw sean henderson i've never seen sean mm-hmm. before i never knew he was actually a wrestler the only t- i just see his name on all these shows on iwtv that are pretty cool because there's a lot of it gcw talent and he does like a lot of cool like uh cards and stuff like as a promoter so that uh being able to put a face to that was cool for me because like i said i never right. knew what sean looked like um but I was able. I was glad to see Big Vin get his moment too. Fun. This was a good match. I for a backyard match. I this was shocking, and I enjoyed all the crazy bullshit that happened and the big names that showed up, like Tremont uh, being in it and Cole and Lucky. We haven't seen Lucky in a in a minute in GCW either. I I feel like um, I enjoyed this match. This this was another match that everything. Felt just like how it should be for uh, backyard wrestling. And <laughs> when Cole told him, get the tractor, I was dying. I was like, get the what? And right? then I saw it come out. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you really got the tractor. <laughs> too crazy. I love Big Vin, though. Big Vin's a... I'm glad Normal he does guy. all... Oh, my God, yeah. I'm, and I'm glad whenever he does it, get ring time, like, too. It's like, good. He's not just, like, the guy that does all the hard work. Like, get him that ring time. I, I enjoy seeing uh, right. it pay off for him. And I'm happy to see he's back. Injuries like that are really difficult for big guys like us. Like you do yeah. bounce back the same. And yeah, you just don't bounce back the same. So I'm happy to see him back. Happy to see him mobile doing his thing. I mean, yeah. So tons of spots in this match, a few big spots followed by a huge one at the end. That's about the best way I could put this match. I'll go back to big Vin for a minute. He gave a huge shout out to his dad, nine one one. And I personally just found this out yesterday. Janela had to confirm it to me. Yeah. Nine one one is his dad. So big Vin goes over Gives his dad a huge hug. I thought it was a great moment. Family is kind of what this whole Fourth of July really is about, and these are all work. These are all workers on the road. So, anytime someone can come around, fantastic. A graphic is then shown that lists the next thirteen shows, and GCW is going everywhere from Japan all the way to Australia, and then they're off to Europe and Germany. I swear, I think I saw England. Like, they're all over the world in these next two months. Three months, really. Sorry, I'm just, uh, there goes the calendar. Uh, you got you got sunk in, huh? <laughs> no, I was waiting for the calendar. I'm like, wait, I just saw it. I had to wait for the ten seconds to come yeah. back up. Yeah, I swear, I swear, England's on its way soon for another another trip out there. Uh, don't see England right at the top of yeah, Australia, Germany, okay. Japan. Like, I I think I, they did say England is coming up because I know like Joey. Sure, I saw a TNT show. I think they're going I'm back there dreaming. soon. Yeah, that would be nice England. though. <laughs> TNT put it down, man, and the fans are fucking awesome in England. Oh yeah, uh, they definitely killed it too at Money in the Bank, that's for sure. I'm looking um, forward to seeing my fellow wankers. It's been a while. 
That's a pretty interesting chance too. Like, I'm sorry, like just because we talk about how like creative their chance were and stuff. Like, did you just see any money in the bank or no? Probably not. No, not really. No. So they're all chanting like at Roman, like, take your shoes off if you hate Roman. Like, it's like they turn it into song. You see everyone standing yes. up with the shoe in their hand. Like, they, they, have, they did like they three different chance. ones. They have these great. soccer chants that just yeah. work so well. And all the fans know them because they're so universal in their country. So awesome. Yeah, that I just love like his shoes off if you hate Rome. <laughs> I can't say it, but like I couldn't understand it live or like when I was watching it, I couldn't hear what the crowd was saying. But then like someone posted a fan video, and I caught it. Then um, yeah, the UK crowd was uh, something else, especially for GCW. We know like that was one thing we loved. Like we said every single episode, the fans, the fans, the fans killed it and made it awesome. Um, Australia, that's a new one, right? That's a uh, Australian Germany. It won't be in the states uh, from August twentieth until like. Middle of September, it looks like, too. So, uh, gotta, gotta go to the GCW shows while you can if they're in your area because they are traveling worldwide all over the place. So, it seems like for the rest of the year, and that'll make our reviews very interesting because we're gonna see some different things. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I think they're going to Japan one more time before the end of the year, too. I think Brett kind of like slipped up on that on the Patreon podcast. Like, said, like, yeah, we haven't even done our Japan show, and I'm already booking the second one, <laughs> too. Wow. So, uh, that's I got that to look forward to as well. Great match though, six way scramble. I I loved it. Perfect. All right. Next matchup of the afternoon is a two out of three falls ultraviolet doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. As Eminon, Jimmy Lloyd goes against the Ariel Crow, Dylan McKay. Um yeah, this is another spot too. I think is perfect for Dylan just to do his parkour and his flips kind of like Ty Hill. Like it's a perfect environment to do a bunch of crazy cool looking flips and spins off of shit that you won't normally be able to do in a wrestling show. And Dylan McKay, I think that's it. He excels in these kind of moments. And um, I was I was glad to see him kind of have fun and do pretty good in this match against Jimmy uh, Eminon. Oh boy, this match was loaded for uh, two out of three falls match. Only eight minutes long, but they put a lot of damage down in that time. So Ariel Crow was out first. There was a kid in one of the pool slash ball pits as he's walking out. Also, I was noticing one of the pools now have like greenish brown water. So maybe that's the one you don't want to fall in. Eminon out then to Total Clips of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. I could not have laughed harder at that. Janella could be seen casually walking through the area and kind of gets in the way of both wrestlers while they're actively performing. There is then a ladder bridge that's made across two trampolines and Ariel is given a fireman's carry face buster onto the bridge. And that's where I say, wow, we have a table door hybrid. I don't even know what the fuck happened. Eminon places it in the pool. Go ahead, say something, because holy oh. shit. <laughs> I just yeah, wasn't laughing at it, because I saw it, like, adult, really, they went out of their way to put fucking legs on our door just to stick it to, like, yeah. I, here's one thing I love, and it's going to sound bad, like, I love GCW's passive-aggressive way to kind of, like, make, poke fun at themselves while also, like, pleasing the fans and doing it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. They just find like certain ways to kind of like here, fuck you fans, but also like, hey, we get it, you're right, so we're gonna just doubly piss you off here and give you a door table kind of stuff. Like I know, like they do a lot of stuff for commentary, and at the, at later on, there's one I I made a note of too. They kind of did like passive aggressive, kind of uh, making fun of themselves. 
All right, so we have a good spot here. We have Ariel with a reverse Rana onto a door. Then he's hit with a ladder. Ariel then goes up to the top of the ladder and does this like one-footed flip on Eminon, and he was definitely hurting after that. But with that move, Ariel Crow struck the first pin at five. Well, I wouldn't call it a pin. It's just the first win at 506. Gage is complaining that whole time that he is getting eaten by bugs. Ariel then sets up a door in the corner of the ring. Firecrackers are then attached to the door. They go off. Eminon with an assault driver through that door. That right there registers Eminon's first win at the 6 minute and 12 second mark. Eminon then has lighter fluid being sprayed all over the door in the pool. And then, oh my god. Ariel shooting star press that gets caught by Aminon into a stunner. He picks Ariel Crow up and the table is lit. Ariel is then thrown onto the table, not through it. Where he was thrown was a spot on the table where the legs are, so it didn't fucking break. He cracked the back of his head. It was a brutal shot that made me yell fuck out loud while my kid was sleeping. Ariel was folded by the impact. He hit square on his shoulders, so that protected his neck. Jimmy noticed the table didn't break, so he got a running start and hit a tope onto Ariel sitting on the table. Eminon then wins the third match, which allows us to say that our winner here was Eminon. I don't have (laughs) words for how fucking, like, I was caught by surprise by that, and it was just like, thunk. Like, oh my god. Yeah, that table oh. spot was like I didn't yell fuck, but I was like, oh, and then like I couldn't even get through like my thought because Nick Gage, I think Nick Gage and I think Brett was on commentary too, was already making a comment and laugh. Like I think they just started laughing like hysterically, and I I couldn't even feel bad afterwards. I felt bad for like half a second, and I broke into laughter too because those I just Gage's commentary just was everything for me on this show, and yeah, that spot uh did look kind of brutal though. Oh, yeah, it it was not good. (laughs) Uh, I honestly pop sometimes for those nasty spots more than I do sometimes big. Um, GCW chants was going out through the crowd. This was our first big chant. After it was over, I was laughing, but that fucked up fire table had to hurt. I rarely mention these things, but this one was rough. He'll definitely be feeling it tomorrow. Oh, (laughs) that's the backyard baby what can you say i'm about to i'm just watching this spot on even from the ladder off that one foot like dude dude go to the spot where he cracks his fucking head and turn oh yeah yeah oh my god the impact plus the fact that brett and uh nick are like reacting oh god the whole thing is just fucking priceless art yeah the 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 that's a Jimmy Lloyd match, so <laughs> like that's just like perfect. Yeah, he should have. Yeah, he he really should have thrown him to the right more, but accidents happen. So. Yeah, and uh, it was just like you expect it even to collapse, but it didn't even collapse. It just bonk bonk. Like he well, like well, hit it that twice see, on the pool and the door. You see that he threw that. He threw him on where the table legs are. Yeah. So there was no way it would bend. Like he should. Yeah, I didn't give at all. Him. Poor bastard. That looked like it hurt so bad. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, the backyard is fun. It was, I I just love the commentary. Like, I forgot what, like, just Nick Gage just nonstop is just making, laughing at everybody, too. It's pretty funny. All right. Our next matchup of the evening 
is a 10 person uh, 10 person tag match as the first team is Claude's team which is Alec Price or Alex Smith sorry oh, here's all these names are going to fuck me up here okay. I told you man it's rough <laughs> Alec Price oh my god <laughs> Alex Smith uh-huh. was Alec Price there we go fuck alright this one was the fun one for me Bergy the mobster I love that name Cheeseburger! That was the shock too. Just like seeing Pat Trema, seeing Cheeseburger on GCW was awesome. Uh, also teaming up with Claude Mero Jr., which is Ruckus. Haystack Steve, which is the one called Manders, and Lance Scraper. Going against Jordan's <laughs> team, which is the BKT Killer, Braden Toon, the Cambodian Dragon, Yoya. Charlie Tiger, Jordan Oliver, and Tara Zepp. Oof. Landscaper, dude. That was my favorite. Landscaper, name yeah. Landscaper. Landscaper. I loved it. I didn't get it until like today somebody tweeted out something and I was like, oh shit, I get it. Landscaper. Duh. <laughs> wow. Like it just took me that long to get it. Um, seeing Cheeseburger was the moment for me. Like I popped. I that was another name I didn't expect to see. And seeing him in fucking GCW in the back of show made my day. That was awesome. I love that. Uh, yep. seeing ruckus what got back me too. was ruckus. Yep. See, yeah, seeing ruckus go. back too was cool. All right, go ahead. I'll let you handle it. I'm just like happy just because seeing yeah. ruckus, uh, ruckus back too. Like I think it's perfect for a backyard wrestling show for him. All right, so here we go. Jordan's team comes out the careless whisper. The saxophone plays out lovingly across the backyard. Claude's team comes out to freak on a leash by corn. Don't forget also the fireworks are still present on these intros, but. This was 18 minutes of chaos. Alex Smith and Jordan was the first real true wrestling of the day in a more professional sense. And let me tell you, I was happy to see it. You'd be really surprised when you're without how happy you can be to see real wrestling when it goes down. I put in here that Braden is graceful with his moves. I see what people were talking about last weekend with him being so agile. Everyone was tagging in and delivering chops to Tara Zepp. Someone says, that's what she gets for being Canadian. I don't remember what wrestler it was, but it was good. BKT kept making me think of Burger King because I'm fat (laughs) and was fucking hungry. Uh, Haystack comes in and someone yells, he's a big, strong boy. (laughs) That's what I thought was great. Uh, Landscaper for one of the funniest names of the night. And then also, I wanted to mention Tara because she is new by my standards. Have you ever seen her before? Um, I see like her in clips and stuff. I want to say it's like Hood Slam or a company similar to that. I'm not sure. I've heard of her name before. Okay, like I said, yeah. a couple clips. Yeah, she has Jester face paint on, which I thought made a really good image. The makeup was done well. I'm still waiting to see a little bit more on her in-ring work, but I am a big fan of her look and potential. I honestly would like to see GCW at least try her once on the main show to see what she is capable of, because if she's a stone cold killer and has that look, you're really hitting on all cylinders for people that are ICP fans. And if you're going to just play the music in the background during the show, I mean, you got a fucking wicked clown out there. So I was down with it. I thought, yeah, I was down with the clown. I thought it was pretty cool. I can't believe I said that in 2023. <laughs> uh, but um, I also want to make sure that I give Haystack points for the bionic elbow that he turned into a Haystack sunrise. There was also a like a headlock worm 
is the best way to put it, that even included Adam Galt. Adam got fed up with that shit and turned the whole thing into a stunner that set off a stunner chain reaction. It was a cool spot. I haven't seen it done in a while, so it was welcome. At the 12-minute mark is when the tag rules started to break down. It was way longer than I would have truly expected. Uh, another spot here, Alex Smith doing some parkour on the trampolines. If anyone has seen the documentary, you'd know that this is his wheelhouse. Him and Charlie Tiger start jumping around everywhere. There's fighting going on all over the yard. You didn't know about that. Did, have you seen his documentary yet? On iPod? Not yet. But that, that explains it because like he was having fun last, last year's back. Like I said, after the show, jumping yeah. on the trampoline last year, just having him and Jordan just having a little wrestling match. And then Nick got involved. It was pretty fun. Just him just enjoying the trampoline. That's, I didn't yeah. know that uh, um, was a big part. Like, I don't know. Let's just say his documentary is an hour and a half. A good 10 minutes of it is him at a trampoline park. Just oh, wow. trying out new shit. Yeah, he said he loves it. He goes there. He does his whole thing. He spends a lot of time there. And that's how he can develop some of the stuff he does. Nice. Pretty cool. Um, Landscaper. He goes for a huge splash and got it. Braden then did the same. I'm going to ask real quick. I don't know if it's just age or it's effort, but is Charlie beefing up? I haven't seen Charlie Tiger in a while, and I'm guessing it was a JCW show since the last time. What do you I mean? I don't know, man. He looks it looks like. Okay, I'll tell you what he looks like. Are you ready? He looks like. uh, Jungle Boy. If Jungle Boy ate food, like the and hair, didn't work out the body, the jeans. Yeah, I just said ate food. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Charlie's no, kind of always been bigger. Like he's kind of okay. like the stronger one, but he yeah. doesn't look at like he doesn't. It doesn't have the quote unquote look of a uh, someone who's been lifting. But I think he's been kind of like a bigger upper body for uh, for a while now. Okay, good. Because I'm like, damn, I, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm always happy yeah. someone gets their shit together and works out and stuff. So, all right. So, yeah, Ruckus was still going hard in 2023, which I think is beautiful. Please forgive me. There's a name for this finisher, I'm sure, but it was badass. Basically, he ended with a huge backflip leg drop. So, because of that, our winner in this match was Alex Smith, Bergie the Mobster. I want to say Monster. Berg, Boogie the Monster, you know, like Boogie the Monster. He's Bergie the Mobster, Claude Merrow Jr., Haystack Steve, and Landscaper. So Haystack carries out Burger and says he's having a burger later, which I found very interesting. I love cheeseburger. That, that, that put a smile on my face just like Tremont did. Um, it's funny, too. I noticed, like, I wrote notes, too. Like, they're putting Alex and Jordan to kind of carry the quote-unquote wrestling at the beginning of the match yes like, yeah have them the in-ring wrestling because those are I, on each team respectively i think they're actual best wrestlers but um seeing haystack or not haystack oh fuck all these goddamn names are gonna fuck me up. <laughs> seeing uh seeing ruckus and cheeseburger was the highlight for me in this match and um yeah the parkour moment with alex just jumping all over the place like that's where it really looked into like the the tag game they're just running around and jumping on the trampoline running away um I enjoy this match. It's always fun to see Manders have fun um, in in a different environment. Last year was a. I think last year to me he was like the all star of of the backyard wrestling just because of all the chants we were chanting at him. <laughs> One they had, then they have something like shuck him up, shuck him up, Manders, shuck him up. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so there was a lot of chants we were doing last year, but it was good. Uh, seeing him, like I said, he's been deserving it lately too. And but seeing him have fun with the likes of Cheeseburger, Ruckus, and Alec Price on his team and. Uh, landscaper landscaper over landscaper. there uh yeah i mean 
again, I'll double down on it. I'd like to see Tara Zepp again. It has been a long time since I've seen Charlie Tiger. Ruckus, I will watch anytime. Manders has been um, more of a regular these last six months to nine months, and I've really enjoyed that. Alec Price, of course, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I think that's where I stand on it. Again, I'm always big when we can get a woman with an image to come in, and if she, if she can wrestle, would that be fantastic? If she can't, sorry. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, what I saw wasn't enough, but I also know I was watching a backyard wrestling exactly, show. Exactly. Yep. So I know she wasn't trying to tear it down at impact that night. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. Nah, it was a good, but I, I enjoyed it all. And I, I, I kind of agree with you. Um, if she could go, like, I think they need, would need to get some more names in there to go against like Savali and Masha. Like, it seems like those two and Lufisto are like the, well, Charlie, uh, not Charlie, yeah. Sawyer. Um, Telling you, we need a killer clown. This is totally right up our demographics wheelhouse. It really is. You know how many people we have that are, you know, hatchet. I'm not going to get too far into all that stuff. But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of hatchet wielding fans. <laughs> I, I don't know any better. <laughs> anyway, match seven, or do you got something more to... Nope. I I wanted to stay away from going any further. I knew I was just going down a bad hall. <laughs> Our seventh matchup of the afternoon or evening is JJ Allen going against Tarzan Duran. JJ yeah. is a <laughs> seems to be a more of a backyard uh, staple now. I think that's his third or fourth one we've seen. Oh no, there's only been five, so I think this is the third time I've seen him in a uh, backyard. So it was nice to see a familiar face. Um, and yeah, this one gets a little crazy, and uh, some crazy spots happen. And yeah, <laughs> just the firecracker spot was the one that obviously stood out <laughs> the most in my mind. But there's a bunch of other ones yeah, that I'm just now being reminded of watching or seeing your notes. So uh, let's go down the replay here because this one was a interesting matchup. Alrighty, so let's have some fun here. Tarzan came out and went straight to the ring. He did his little oh thing. Uh, JJ Allen, it's been a while, honestly. JJ has fans shooting fireworks at Tarzan and someone has a weed whacker. We found out later those aren't just fans. So JJ starts the match with the weed whacker in hand and it is going full speed. Tarzan gets lighter at one point and starts to light a firework on JJ's back and head. Tarzan then lights fireworks on top of JJ's head, which elicits holy shit chants from the crowd. JJ rolls out and the two JJ friends come in to fight Tarzan. So it's pretty much three on one. One guy looks like a Motley Crue roadie uh, and a local who was told to just go out there and give it your best. That guy gets his head shoved in someone's ass and then slammed onto a pair of chairs. Tarzan completely destroys someone on a chair, and Brett says, this is like CZW 2004. I'm not fucking lying. If you want to talk about CZW 2004, that dangerous fucking shot with the chair is a great example of some of the stuff that you see before they perfected it. That's That was so messy that it reminded him of when things were messy. That's kind of funny. <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of mention that on this one here. So where are we at? All right. So JJ finally does come back into the ring after a while. He has an explosive baseball bat and he blows it up on Tarzan. 
Brad says, <laughs> I think these were the guys who were parking cars earlier today, which that was kind of funny. We then had a weed whacker chant from the crowd. JJ Allen then grabs the weed whacker and luckily Tarzan gets away. I do also like Tarzan's excessive use of fireworks. He lights some fireworks on JJ's old Johnson there and a weed whacker to the dick right afterwards. Tarzan has a chair with firecrackers. He swings it on roadie number one and beats the shit out of him. GCW, GCW chants from the crowd as Tarzan throws parking attendant number two in the pool. JJ with a surprise. I don't know what the fuck it's called for the win. Our winner here, JJ Allen. I feel like my review was backyard. <laughs> Jeez. I didn't, I didn't understand the two uh, uh, parking attendants either. Like that's kind of what threw me off in this match. I was like, "How did what the they hell?" They could have given there? them names. Something, yeah. Like yeah, I didn't understand. Parking it. attendant two was the best I had. <laughs> I like the parking attendant one. That was funny. Um. Oh my god. Yeah. The, the firecrackers. Did he like put him like in the mask too, or was it just off to the side? Like I thought, like uh... he put some in his head. Like oh. in the mask and like set it off. <laughs> I I couldn't tell you. Uh, this yeah the the weed whacker spot with the to the firecrackers on the nuts the firecrackers on the door this this one had a lot of uh, pyro for sure. Um, yes, I don't uh-huh. yeah I don't know <laughs> who this who JJ Allen is. I I want to like figure out like who the actual wrestlers. I think I tried last time looking it up. I could went down a weird hole, but um. Because whenever he does show up to these things, you can always expect some craziness, like the, the a bunch yeah. of pyro shit with him. And I like the look of Tarzan. I don't know if this is like his actual gimmick or character, but like he like has a good like look, and he looked kind of good in the ring. Like when he first flipped yeah. in the ring, like I was like, oh shit, this guy knows what he's doing. I never seen him. He looks like he could do a normal wrestling match, so um, I wouldn't mind seeing that in a regular match. And I don't know about JJ Allen or any of the parking attendants, but I think he overall <laughs> had a good look. I, I enjoyed. Uh, Joyce him not and one name now because it's coming up is Beastman. I wouldn't mind seeing this guy maybe teaming with Beastman and doing wow. something with JCW. Because they both nice got the look. Call. That's a great call. I don't know if they, this guy's the character, yeah. But Beastman and Tarzan would be kind of a killer tag team. I'm not against that at all. I kind of <laughs> like that one. So yeah, I mean, my notes say that was entertaining. And it's honestly more of what I was expecting in this show. It was really a nice step up. It just kind of stunk that it took this long to get there. JJ leaves with fireworks in hand. And I honestly think that's how the pyro should go in something like this. It's kind of a celebration. We're back to uh, chicken hunting on the uh, music dial camera. Then I don't know how this happened or if this was even just something they caught and it kind of production cut to it on accident, but you could literally see a camera shot of Janela on the ground near the talent in the back. I don't know if it was because he was drinking or if he fell down, but see a lot of people standing around laughing. So it looked pretty fucking good. So the last thing I will mention before the main event is they had their annual pyrotechnic display, which was what it was. And um, I don't know what the fuck happened, but Dilf boy fucking came out in the middle of the pyro, I guess thinking it's his entrance, then turned around and walked back stage because i think he figured out it wasn't his entrance and holy shit that was just the start or could be making up for joy janelle last year not coming out to his entrance when the music was playing because he was still in the pool maybe it was kind of like throwing a shot at joey there i don't know um real yeah real fast too before that that move it was kind of like a nightmare pendulum that hammerstein or hammer uh 
Hammerstone does. That's what J.J. Allen did. It was oh, like, it was a nightmare pendulum. You're right. Because I remember seeing it. Holy I was like, shit. whoa, like a fucking smaller guy can do that. Like, I mean, J.J.'s big. Like, he's muscles. He's like, looks right. built. And, but he's not but like 275 and six yeah. foot one. You know, I've never seen anybody, man. never seen anybody else do that move. So that was the first time I saw it. That's what maybe it stuck out in my mind. We said surprise something. Like, what was that? And then I just, I just happened to see it. Not like I, I remembered, but I just happened to see it uh, right there. I was like, yeah, that was a nightmare pendulum. Wow. I'm going to start using that when I give people hugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> up, up and down. All right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this. The, no, no, no. Go right ahead, my friend. I was just getting already kind of like, oh, boy. Uh, all right. Our main event of GCW's Backyard Wrestling 5 is the hair versus hair match as Joey Janela goes against the dilf and boy oh boy i haven't seen him since uh his match with nasty leroy so i uh, thank god for that i guess uh <laughs> wasn't too of a wasn't a technical masterpiece back then either with dilf and leroy and still with uh this match and joey dilf still has a long way to go to uh prove he's in the ring but i loved how joey used this as like this felt like Joey was getting a lot of steam off his chest. Like, this is my one chance to just beat the shit out of somebody and get away with it while also kind of putting on a good show. And Delph took a beating. He took a lot of bumps. He took a lot of ugly looking bumps and yeah, he <laughs> got thrown about. all over this, wherever the backyard. He was all over the backyard. And I loved how Joey used every single piece that you said at the beginning around the ring was used during this matchup. And, uh, Leave it to Joey to end the 4th of July off with his own set of fireworks. Okay, so uh, this was 32 minutes of my life. So I just want to go ahead and get that out front here. So our main event, and my God, I love Joey. He was having a good time is the best way to put it. Joey was out to party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. This was exactly personally what I waited for. I was hoping that he'd come out to it again. He's leaning into it wonderfully. Dude still has one tooth missing. He's got the trucker hat and a redneck sunburn. I realized this would be the guy I would hang out with at my 4th of July party. The He's got like a party vibe to him. I think he's drank a few beers. He's loosened up for the main event for sure. Dilf and Joey both rocking some multicolored gear. I just wanted to kind of mention that real quick. And our first minute was Dilf boy getting his chest lit up. You can literally tell it's starting to hurt him by the reactions on his face and the fact that his chest is bright red. Joey was no selling everything in the first two minutes of his match. Joey's chest was still lit up, though. Joey ended up going outside the ring and spanking Dalton's bare ass. Someone called Mittens Tittens, which I thought was fucking fantastic. Oh, my God. I love you, Tittens, but that's just how it is. Uh, Joey Fireman's carry uh, Dilf onto a kid's plastic play shed. They try twice, but it doesn't break. Then Joey goes for double fucking foot stomps. Doesn't break. Joey falls backwards off the fucking play play place. And all of this is wonderfully good or wonderfully bad, really, in a good way. Joey grabs a half door, jumps off the platform and throws it at Dilf. Dilf was suplexed on a chair the wrong fucking way. I feel like Dilf is pissed off. 
Uh, I feel like he pissed off someone and that this is his punishment. It's what I felt like at one point. That match with Nasty Lee. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I feel like he's being punished. But I mean, anyway, uh, Dilf was being beaten and just thrown into everything. Joey was building a door bridge between two trampolines. Dilf was placed on top. Joey jumps on the trampoline and comes down on him with double foot stomps. There is then a ball pit bridge being built between two trampolines and Dilf is thrown into it. Joey then on top of a fort with a playhouse. He has the ring crew bring it down and rebuild it. <laughs> As this is happening, you hear Gage say, I see at least three ass cracks on the <laughs> right now. <laughs> Gage isn't lying. Gage just says out loud what I think the rest of us think. Uh-huh. So then uh, Janela brings Dilf up top of the fort to uh, recreate the Undertaker and Mankind Hell on a Cell dive. Uh, this is way different than that dive because Dilf goes flying and completely misses the fucking playhouse, hits the ground on his hip, and welcome to the backyard. Dilf was getting beat on by Janela moments later with a thumbtack baseball bat. And if you watch really close, you can literally see like, 20 plus dots of blood open up on his back all at the same time after the first shot. So watch out for that. If you're a blood fanatic 15 minutes in, and I basically wrote down that this was just an ass beating. I put that. I'm not really into this fight because there's no story. There's no struggle. There's barely any fighting back. And I have more sympathy for the Dilf than anything, which I don't know if that was really the point of this was to gain sympathy for him. But Joey goes through a chair. Moments later, Dilf goes through a chair himself. Dilf kicks out at one and then eats a Janela driver into a door. Doors are littered everywhere in the ring. I was laughing at Janela because he attempted to put Dilf through a door and it failed. So he gets mad, of course, and does what he did before because that's what worked last time when he fell on his fucking ass. He double foot stomped the door and that also failed. Then he goes ahead, picks up Dill, throws him into the fucking door, fails again. Then, of course, because it worked the first two times, Janela decides to do double foot stomps again, fails that. We also have another fail after that. And beautifully, I mean fucking beautifully, someone yells out, match of the year. They, they needed that. Honestly, maybe the match should have been over because we weren't gaining anything outside of maybe some destruction. But if we needed destruction in the main event, we could have had a scramble where shit was flying everywhere, which I still wouldn't have been against. Joey grabs the door and starts taking out his rage on the door. He's beating the door with a chair until he hurts his fucking hands. This is totally in the backyard. Dilf DVD through the door bridge between a ring and the trampoline that damn near traps both men between the trampoline and the ring fight forever chance from the crowd they're honestly being mocked dilf being drowned in the pool was hilarious uh he walked uh, there was a point where janella walked back towards the announcing area and brett goes joey you got something to say and you hear joey just nonchalantly go not really um i was noticing quite a few people getting so close to the ring that the performers had to hold up the show to wait for them to move just just mentioning it because can't do anything about it now I found myself just somewhat uh, bored. No, I've never used this before. I was bored. Gage called the match the shits. I agree. Joey was taking two minutes to set up a bunch of nothing while Brett is worried about going over time. They're now fighting around the side of the barn. Dilf boy goes up top. Janela fourth walls us all. Looks at the camera like, what is this fucking guy doing? And that puts us into our ending. So both are fighting on the roof. 
almost directly over the ball pit that was stacked on top of a table. Dilf then is thrown off the roof. The table doesn't fucking break. He lands on the ground. There are balls everywhere. Dilf is basically laying on balls at this point. Joey goes down and covers Dilf for three. Our winner in this one in our 32-minute match was Joey Janela. The end of this basically is Joey shaves Dilf's hair because that was the stipulation of the match. Dilf is yelling, GCW fucking sucks. And that was literally how we ended this show. That was 100% backyard. And I will do everything I can to see if Cornette would watch and review this because I would love to hear what he has to say about <laughs> this annual. He wouldn't get the joke. He would not get the joke, but I would love to just listen to the steam come out of his ears. <laughs> It's not like a whistle, the little whistle on a train. Yeah. Yeah. Like Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny style. Right. Kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was just a, just an ass whooping. Um, I'll do a little reading on it about why, why this match probably happened the way it did. Um, and if so, it's deserved from what I read. But I just loved him. Like when Joey started throwing them like the stiff punches, I was like, oh shit. Like they weren't like real punches, but. They were stiff, like they they were there with the uh, message and a purpose. But like even Gage kind of even said, like Joey, what is that? I've got to throw the right hand better. But like everyone wanted to see this guy get his ass beat. That's exactly what happened. You could at the end, you could kind of Joey tell like, uh, "Is this over with? Are we done? I'm finally done beating his ass for thirty minutes. Can I go drink a beer now and stop being performing?" Um, but like I said, I just loved how they hit every single piece of the area. Did you catch the comment on Joey's gear for this matchup? Uh, I guess not. It is the same gear he wrestled with Kota Ibushi. What the that, fuck is he doing out there? That gear went from Kota Ibushi to goddamn mud. What the hell? The Dilf boy. Yeah, uh, he went from that. Kota to Dilf, Dilf boy. He needs to actually go home and maybe lay in bed and rethink his life. <laughs> I think uh, Gage was the one. I think Gage or Brett. Brett, I think, was the one who called. Like, yeah, like, and like, yeah, this is what he wore against Adam. Gage, like, what the fuck is he thinking? Like, that that could have been sold as it was, like, online for a lot of money. Now, uh, being in that mud, it probably goes away, or it might get more money. Who knows? Nowadays, as seen on backyard backyard wrestling, Pod. right? Um, okay. Before I forget, because I forgot to say this, and I don't want to. The Dilf took a lot of damage, and really, really, really was professional out there at a time where most people may have broken a little bit here and there. He he really did a pretty good job of doing his side of the work. Uh, so I'll, I'll just quickly say, we don't have to elaborate or go into it because I don't know the full details, but I was just reading about what, the, uh, what all that hate really is kind of about online. And he used to run a promotion and he stiffed a bunch of workers and never paid them. Oh, so this was this. Everybody wanted to see Dilf get his ass whooped, and that's kind of why uh, that match played out the way it was. I don't know the whole reason. That's kind of what I just quickly looked up in that your time that you're reviewing. I kind of quickly looked it up and it said like how he had like yeah his own promotion and never paid any of the wrestlers for a show or two or maybe more. I don't know. He is lucky he didn't get the shit kicked out of him then. Like really, yeah. He had Janela by the neck at one point though. That was kind of surprising, though. Like, that was, like, only move that he really got. Like, I think he only had, like, one sequence where he kind of did something. Joey, yeah, it uh, was just totally an ass beating. Yeah. It felt, like, it felt like he was paying dues for something. It felt like he owed 
GCW or a lot of people that work for GCW some money or something. But yeah, I kind of agree with that. So I, I don't feel bad. I'm just like throwing that out there. Like I said, I don't know the whole uh, deal why he did take it. So, but he did take one. Like, I guess you kind of have to be professional. What are you going to do? <laughs> Screw over the wrestlers, fight back, and then get jumped again? I don't know. It got a little stiff at one point during the match, though, where they're out in the crowd. The same spot where I said he grabbed him by the throat. Yeah. Yeah, it got a little weird out there for a minute. It's the same. It's it's 30 seconds before he put him through a cooler, that styrofoam cooler. Yeah, the power bottle. Yeah, Dill kind of like, you could tell when he was like, he looked kind of pissed. And Joey's kind of like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're not supposed to get this shit in. Bam, go down. Like, I, I remember that exact moment you're talking about. It did feel like something was off where Joey's like, fuck you. Like, you well, he grabbed him by the throat, and then you see Joey take like three stiff shots, stiff punches, yeah, to, punches. to the left side of his face. And I'm like, hmm, hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but it's pretty gutsy to do that and then come over to America. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, um, but again, people, people, I mean, hey, it, I don't know the whole story. So yeah, neither do I. That's why I didn't want to go into it too much. That's why I like just what I read. And that's maybe that's why, what uh, you heard. And the match okay. turned into, yeah. Um, another thing I did actually kind of like about this, even though it was probably totally not on purpose, but how ironic it was of Dilf kind of got popular because they keep during the backyard show. He was what on, he was climbing on top of this dollhouse to jump off of it and it fucking collapsed underneath him before he could jump off. Yeah. So it's pretty funny during this show, he gets fucking thrown onto the damn dollhouse and it doesn't break. So I thought that was pretty ironic and funny. And, uh, Joey with the door doors remain undefeated against Joey. Is the funniest thing ever. I love, I love Phoenix. I love now this like the first defeat, sign of defeat on Joey. He's like, oh my god, again, and then he just has fun with it. <laughs> then he has fun with it afterwards. He realizes like he could go a bunch of different ways. Like that one time he threw himself through it just to fucking break it. Finally, like I thought was funny. And just Joey's battle with doors are always a never-ending source of laughter for me. I've realized that every door is a small story, and every performer if they don't still have to break that door to tell that story. I've noticed that. Like, <laughs> I really finish the story. <laughs> well, dude, it's like, look at it this way. How often do you see a performer bounce off of something like a table or a door and not try again? It's like yeah. part of the story. You have to break it, you know, because if I think you they're going to look like shit. Joey, Cody Rhodes has his story, finishing the story of capturing the championship. Joey has his story of finishing the table. He's got it. He can do it. Uh, he, was, do, it I love that part. do it for daddy in a Madison Square Garden, baby. <laughs> uh, Joey Janela shaving uh, the Dilf's hair was a good way to end this backyard wrestling vibe. I enjoyed it. Like it just felt like it even might be felt a little bit more the crazy fuckery of it all seemed more this year than it was last year. Even that's me saying that in person last year. Like other than like the big fire spot from last year. Um, but Cole was on top of like wasn't he on top of a tractor or something too? Or no, a truck. He got on top of a truck and jumped off. Um, and the death match that Mar- uh, Mathers and Lloyd had last year. I don't know. I kind of like enjoyed all the fireworks and way more, like it just felt like more shit was being done this one than last one. So I actually kind of appreciated this show a little bit more. The in ring was fucking garbage, which is fine. Like I said. <laughs> Compared to last year, like the in-ring was way better last year, but I think with the, the use of all the fuckery and like the parkour and the cool spots that you can't ever get unless it's a backyard show, I think they did a better job utilizing 
what they had this year compared to last year. So I, I actually enjoyed this one a little bit more. Yeah. Than watching it on TV than I did last year. I enjoyed it more in person because I was there. But I think this year, going back and watching them, I think I enjoyed this one a little bit. It was definitely more like the first couple ones, a little messier. Yeah. All right. Memorable moments of Backyard Wrestling 5. You want to go first again or you want me to go first this time? All right. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the unique event, the venue, the beautiful people, the fireworks, the music, the performers who are willing to come out and work for us. Thank you. I think overall the whole thing was beautiful. Uh, Dark Angel slash Marcus Mathers personality shining throughout his match was really something I will remember because that's something I remember down the road because I look forward to seeing him and that personality. The Gage commentary was fucking hilarious. I know, B, you absolutely agree with me on that. Cole's, um, Cole Redrick's dive from the tractor I thought was fantastic. Ariel Crow's air attack on full display and impressive. It was basically impressive and helped to bring more excitement to the match. And then basically just the Dilf beating. It was crazy. Yeah, uh, the the Joey whipping Dill's ass was pretty funny for 30 minutes straight. Um, JJ Allen kind of getting all his fireworks and pyrotechnics set off in him was kind of memorable for me, uh, especially in that match. Seeing Cheeseburger and uh, Ruckus was awesome, and same thing seeing Matt Tremont working a show like last year. Like that's what kind of shocked me last year. Seeing Alex Cologne work a Fourth of July show like that was a name I didn't expect to see last year because we haven't seen him much, um, but. <laughs> And this year, Tremont, Cheeseburger, and Ruckus was awesome. And I just, yeah, same thing. Shout out to all the competitors out there. Like I said, I'm not worried about the match quality. It was very entertaining. You guys definitely entertained a lot of people for three hours on 4th of July. And I do have to, as you said, commend you on that one and busting your ass on that holiday for our entertainment because it was fun. I enjoyed it um, for what it was, Backyard Wrestling Show. I'm right there with you. If it wasn't backyard, we would have bitched that it wasn't backyard enough. Yeah, if like if I would have five-star classics, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Yeah, if Ibushi shows up, then I'm going to be like, hey, wait a minute. Oh, my God. He would kill in a backyard setting. Are you kidding me right now? Give me Crazy Monkey in a backyard setting and Murdoch. Give me Murdoch and yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. I'm really happy with this one. We pulled off a double episode. I don't think we need to split this one up, do we? No. Yeah. No, we, we should be good. Okay. Well, I guess everybody uh, should be pretty happy then. We packed a lot of show into this episode. Also, yes. I guess a little update. The graphics thing is coming together nicely. So video is slowly going to be on. Like, there's a lot of changes going on all at one time. It's a lot of work on B's side. So... Yeah, give him words of encouragement. He's got a lot going on over there, and he's doing a lot to improve everything so we can all have a better time together on these episodes. And any suggestions or tips, I will absolutely take any and all of those as well to uh, better improve this podcast audio, visually, and uh, any content any other way we possibly can. Yeah, we know know about most of it, but if someone says it, then that gives us sometimes a little extra – motivation so yeah sorry all righty you ready to do this my friend let's send them out of here on this double episode of gcw versus new south part two and 
GCW's Backyard Wrestling 5. Uh, next show we will be covering is GCW from Hartford, Connecticut. GCW's Cleanup Man. I'll just kind of quickly go down that lineup just real fast. Sure. Uh, sure. Joey Janela versus Charles Mason. Uh, oh, my God. I'm going to mess this name up. The, the new... Um, I'm going to mess this up. U- Utami... Hiya Shishida. I apologize. The uh, the okay. one name, the new name they just announced that a lot caused a lot of uproar that GCW was able to get to work for their promotion that a lot of promotions, other promotions did not get. Um, I do apologize. I've never seen her before or even heard the announce uh, an enunciation of her name. So I do apologize. But she is going against Billy Starks. Uh, like I said, she's got a lot of a lot of uh fans like there was a lot of outrage uh, in a good way for GCW, but disappointment from other companies that they weren't able to get her. So I really oh, am excited to see what she does against Philly. <laughs> yeah. So it is kind of nice that we were able to get her. Um, the GCW tag titles are on the line as the East West Express defended against Gringo Loco and Jack Cartwheel. That should be a fun match. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch versus Cole. Hopefully that gets a little bit violent because that could be pretty fun as well. Uh, Jimmy Loy teaming with Wasted Use. Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers going against the SAT of Joel, Jose, and Will Maximo. That ought to be fun. I can't wait to see what new move SAT brings out again this time. Mm. Um, I think this is going to be the crazy matchup. Nick Gage versus Psycho fucking Clown. That oh, is going to be fun. Oh, yes. That is going to be, be fantastic. fun. And oh, oh, go ahead, no, go ahead. ahead. I thought that was the main event. Nope, that's not even the, well. I'm pretty sure that probably will be the main event. But the last match announced is the GCW World Title being defended by Blake Christian against uh, Richard Holiday, returning from his cancer diagnosis and making his GCW oh. debut. I believe I'm not sure on that one, but well, I'm glad to see Richard case, Holiday. Congratulations, if that's the case. I've yes. done the same thing. It's not easy. It changes your life. Congratulations, you have a second lease. Not easy. Not easy at all. So you were mentioning the show there for, I think, the 13th, correct? Oh, did I, miss, did I say the wrong show? No. No, oh, that's going to mention that's, the, that's our next show. Okay, because I was going to say Friday the 14th. Did you see that fucking lineup on yeah. Forever? Yeah, JCW is going to be good too, but now in Forever, yeah, they got a uh, Blake Christian versus Mal. That's my, oh, the New York one. Yeah, yeah. That okay, one so- I'm really looking forward to. Here's the New York one for anybody who's really interested because they're pulling out a lot of big guns on this one. So here's that Utami Hayashishida. I guess I'll say it as. Holy I, shit, I really better than mine. <laughs> I, I worked hard on that. I was over here like doing the math as you were talking. Wow. Uh, Utami versus Lefisto. We also have Speedball Mike Bailey versus Yoshihiko. Uh, Blake Christian versus Mao. Fucked up wrestling for a fucked up world. Can't wait for that one. <clears throat> Excuse me. We also have Commander versus Gringo Loco versus Ares. Damn, that's a good one. Did you remember that? Sorry, to cut you off. Did you no. remember that mouse saying? Like, or did you just read that off somewhere? No, I just remember it because it's always funny that he says it. That's awesome. Because like, yeah, that was a member. We didn't really cover the DDT show, but that was the one name I said I really loved from that company, and that's crazy. You remember that? Some people just have a thing. Mal has a thing, just something about him that's not only liked, but memorable. Don't know what it is. I look forward to finding out what it is more and more. Uh, Cardona and uh, Steph DeLander versus Bussy. Okay, every one of these matches look good. Manser versus, <laughs> oh my God, Manser versus George South in New York. New York. Do you know what happens when you bring George South to New York? Oh, oh my God. 
Oh my God, this could be one of my favorite things of the night. You don't get it. Uh, uh, a semi-touchy New York crowd versus an old school George South that is not afraid to say anything. Like I hope the internet George South. I hope though, Mance, uh, Manders is there to, like the special referee to keep George South in check. <laughs> Uh, we don't need another little another incident on accident, but uh, I I will say it's going to be talent. It's going to be fun. I will I will say because we talked about it before. George South is a huge Christian, big Bible big Bible believer. Some some would see it on his jacket. Others would not know because they just see a guy coming to the ring being me. Dude is nice as fuck. He plays a part. Okay. Yep. He's damn good at what he does. And as long as you understand, you're in it to see a performance then enjoy yourself because I want to let you know I've watched for almost God, 35 to 38 years of rest. Yeah. 36, 37 years now. There's not a lot like George South left. The art of doing what he does is fucking gone. I mean, fucking gone. The only one I can see close is maybe Cardona. And there's, there's not a lot of heat seekers out there like that anymore. You can be a dick and piss people off like Blake Christian, but that's not the same work. That's not yeah. the same heel work. And what I'm saying on George, like from last time, he yeah. slipped. That wasn't like that's I don't hold that against him. It was an accident, a slip up. He apologized. He right away. Yeah, he yeah. was on the internet apologizing. He handled it got handled in the back. He apologized to everybody. Yeah. Whatever was done, he fixed it. And I'm glad to see him back because I didn't yes. want that to be our last, especially you as a big fan of him more yes. than I am. I didn't want you to be like, that's the last time you see him in a GCW ring is what happened that day. I would hope not. And he honestly be one of the ones that I would try to get a hold of and personally talk to him because yeah. he really, um, I've watched him since I was young. So uh, East West Express versus the Amazing Red and BXL. We also have the OGs versus the Macisos. Who are the OGs? Um, I'd have to look that up. Matt Tremont, Homicide, and Grim Reefer. Oh, fuck. Versus yeah. Los Macizo. So does that mean that all three brothers are together for the uh, Jimmy Lloyd's with uh Cool, cool. Yeah. Jimmy Lloyd is good with them. I don't know oh, why yeah. or how, but Jim no, all, th- all three of them don't say don't say no, I think is the best way to put it. Nobody and Jimbo, says no. uh, see now I'm calling them Jimbo. Jimmy's always been like that with Los Macizo, though. He's been like he was just excited as anyone else I know to see Ciclope and Miedo back. And like when they came back, he was giving them little shout outs like of like, hey, like I know, like when he was wrestling on VXS, like he would give like little things to see Clope and them. So, and it is nice to see Jimmy Lloyd teaming up with the C. So they fit, they and they gel well together too, right? Um, none of them can speak English. That's what it is. <laughs> I fucking love you guys. Uh, yeah, I love Jimmy. Actually, I have a really good time with the Macisos. So they're good people. Uh, Maki Ito is also going to be at this, and MDK Nick Gage. So. New York is about to see probably the best show they'd seen in a real long time. We're also going to be able to see Nick Wayne perform in New York. This will be a Yay. Really, really good show. 8 p.m. runtime also. So, so does that mean it should close? See, look at that lineup. Do you think it's really going to be only eight hours or three hours? Eight hours. I'll take eight hours on that one. No, um... uh, four. I mean, three and a half would be fair. There's a lot of work there. Okay, it is New York, so there's not going to be fuckery. We might get one door in the ring at a time based off of their thing. I oh, can see a good. Thing. I can see three hours. Two I can see a solid three hours. Nah, that's against <laughs> the law, man. Don't you know? Yeah, I know, York? right? 
Right. They got to give the door a blood test before it goes out there. God, that was I, I really wish they would do another one of those shows where they kind of do the pop up bubbles that explain like the like the problems or just backstories of shit. Like that's I know that we I've asked Brett to do that as a podcast, but seeing that little old school like behind the scenes video and like little pop ups during the show, it's, that's what made me know like, hey, you can't have two ladders in the ring in New York. And they almost got in trouble for that. Like it's ridiculous, but it was a cool concept making that. I, I got an idea. So what they need to do is they need to have signs on the side of the ring. And then when there should have been an awesome glass spot, the person just come over, comes over, grabs the sign, holds it to the camera and goes right here. This would have been an awesome glass spot. And they just throw the postcard away or the post <laughs> and they just keep going on. And then who knows, maybe somewhere later in the night, they're like light tube bundle and then just throw well, it down. Like maybe they're missing. Yeah. Maybe they could also like do what they did with the door and turn it into a table and add legs to it. Maybe they'll do something to get like a glass pane and add like some door table legs. And like, hey, this is a folding table, guys. I don't know. The what folding you're talking table. About. <laughs> 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 Only uh, in New York would they buy a folding table made of right. glass. It is. What no, that New York show is going to be good. I, I'm actually really looking forward to that one. The Detroit yes. one too. Uh, I don't want. I don't know if that's been up, and I don't want to get to it. I just know that Detroit card has Leo Rush versus Speedball, and I think another one match I've been dying to see. And oh, Joey Janela versus Commander. So yeah, that's going to be a crazy one too in August. We got a lot of good shows coming up here in GCW. I, I'm looking very much looking forward to the next couple events that they got planned. Then we get to see the return of Violence Is Forever was announced too. So that's going to be fun. In that. I kind of like those guys, kind of. So I'm interested to see more about them. Um, they're always solid in ring. That's for yeah. sure. I think that's one of those teams that could, on paper and just visually, whether their in-ring style, give like the East-West Express. And like I, I was telling you before, like, I kind of hope if anybody takes the belts off East-West Express, I would be all down for Violence is Forever because they're an incredible tag team. And I think it would look perfect then with their styles beating Nick and Jordan the way. Maybe not the first fight but maybe like the second or third one who knows i got something for you since you're a little bit of a history guy on wrestling there is about to be the debut of juventud guerrera jr wow, wow. sorry but you know like i watched juventud guerrera when he was young like 92 94 and then here god i'm old and, here comes <laughs> this kid. and his kid looks in way better shape than he ever did so that's promising no, no long hair from what I can see. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I loved Hoobie back in the day. I was actually I was I'm glad to see him in GCW in Vegas. Uh, that was a fun night. Nice. All right. So yeah, and then Tony Deppin, just try to support the man while you can. He's got a return date coming, I believe, next month. So get out there onto Stiff Blade Apparel. Look him up real quick. Try to support the man. He is a good man deep down. And he has a family. And let's not forget those wonderful people out there that bust their ass for us. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm actually going to find that tweet that you did and uh, retweet and shout it out as well. Good, good. All righty. That was a fun double episode. We got two yes. birds with one stone there. We could enjoy the weekend and enjoy the rest of this weekend. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> I feel stronger, better, and faster. All right, let's send him out. I thought that was a bit stretch. No, I, I felt that one. I felt that, that was one a good stretch. Ah, all right, all right. Here we go. Long, Long live, live 
G. Oh, this is too good. C. C- w. w. 